This instability was written and choreographed in and by Russia. The Department of Health says new opening hours for GP surgeries will benefit far more patients than planned. 1,100 practices are getting funding to help people see a doctor outside normal working hours. But Dr Char Nagpal from the Doctors' Union, the BMA, is worried about the changes. GP surgeries already are overstretched. It's quite difficult to get an appointment as quickly as we'd like to offer. This pilot doesn't actually address that issue. In fact, it's probably going to result in GPs providing care more thinly, seven days a week. The right thing to do is for GPs to look after the illest patients, uh, not being less available for them because they're actually trying to provide longer working hours. A 42-year-old man has died after collapsing at the finish line of the London Marathon. The runner was given medical attention immediately after finishing the race, but died later in hospital. Nearly 7 in 10 school and college staff hide mental health issues from their employers, according to the Association of Teachers and Lecturers. The research suggests people working in education feel their job has had a negative impact on their mental health. Ewan Duncan reports. The Education Union, the ATL, is calling for more to be done to ease the stigma surrounding mental health. It surveyed more than 900 teaching staff about their mental health and the reasons for any problems. More than half feel their job has had a negative impact on them, with two-thirds saying it affects their sleep pattern. The issue is due to be debated at the union's annual conference today. In sport, the Luton Town manager, John Still, says he'll look at what went wrong after the Hatters failed to win the conference title on Saturday. They lost 3-2 at home to Braintree. The weather will be dry today with long spells of sunshine. Top temperatures around 15 degrees Celsius. That's 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. You can virtually get everything that you need here. Yeah, it's all enough. about where you live. It's a very nice community. And all this community. week we're featuring Woburn and Woburn Sands. Oh, I like walking around the park. That's really my favourite. You see the deer, see other bits of wildlife. Woburn Sands is by far the nicest place I've ever lived. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Man, I need to start the day with this.
that's what we needed. That's what we... It's, it's kind of the last day of term. I don't want to disappoint you guys. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but I'm uh, bunking off for the rest of this week. The rest of this week, Catherine Boyle. Ooh, oh, bad. E- Good? I don't know. Good for me. Well, no, hang bad on. Bad for you. Good for no. you. Good for me. Bad for you. Yeah. And bad for the listener, because you know who's sitting in? Grey Dizzle. Grey Dog. Justin Dealey. So, um, who, who wins, who loses? You decide. The listen- Oh, there'll be people on Facebook going, oh, at last, yeah, I've got a decent presenter coming in and doing breakfast. Why can't we get Justin Dealey every day? I call Too it much- win-win, I call it win-win. Too much Justin Dealey would kill you. It would kill you, wouldn't it? I think... But he's, he'll be sitting in for me tomorrow for the rest of the week, so don't panic. But today, lots coming up, including the M25 gets bigger. Hooray! By losing the hard shoulder. Ah. Teachers speak up about mental health. Hooray! But only to each other. Ah. I'm reading this, by the way. Yeah, read it nicely. Why? Because I wrote it for you. And eight, and, and eight, well, you've missed out a word. I'll... And I'll read it as it's written. And an 87-year-old... I'll read it as it's written. And 87-year-old from Bedford is the oldest woman to complete this year's London Marathon. Hooray! Just Just hooray! Across <laughs> beds, hearts, oh, and bugs. This is BBC oh, Three It's a bit of glad news. Did anybody else? Do you, do you remember that morning when Catherine Boyle wrote the menu and I read it in front of her and then she laughed at her own menu? Do you remember that? Do you remember when that happened? It was today. It's because you do it funny. Like. Now, listen, we've got you in for a very serious story. Okay. Do you remember that day, Ben? Do you remember that day uh, yeah. when. Um, um, Oh, what happened? When um, Boyle came into my studio, Boyle yeah. came to my studio, and I read the menu, yeah. and she'd written it, Okay. and then um, we all heard her laughing at it at the end. Do you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That rings yeah. a bell. Yeah, it rings a bell. It's nice, that. Team Nigel. I'm so team nice. <laughs> now, listen, we've got you in for a very serious story. Go uh, from now on, if you break down on one particular stretch of the M25, you better be a good runner. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, but just because there's no whole ch- uh, hard shoulder between junctions 23 and 25 anymore, I'm certainly not suggesting you'd have to get out and leg it to safety if you broke down. Then again, maybe you'd have to. Because it's not going to be safe. You're not supposed to sit in your car, are you? When you're on the hard shoulder, you're not supposed to sit in your car in case a truck smashes into the back of it. But the thing is, you won't be on the hard shoulder. You'll be wherever you've broken down. Flippin' heck. But you better have a plan, because the Highways Agency is determined to turn hard shoulders into extra lanes across the country. Catherine Boyle has been looking into this. She's our highways correspondent. Catherine, what's the idea behind these changes, please? Well, in a couple of hours, you should be speaking to the highways agency. They are very excited about this because they think it is the future. Um, They say the new lane system on the M25 is an attempt to push the road into a more high-tech world while reducing congestion. The upgrade's um, part of their so-called smart motorway projects between junctions 23 and 27. And construction's already underway between junctions 25 and 27 with completion plan for this winter. Uh, further section between junctions 5 and 6 stroke 7 on the N25 is set to open next month. Now this marks a significant change, doesn't it, in motorway policy? That's right, there was a time when the highways agency would have just widened motorways to create an extra lane, yep. but not anymore. Nope. Um, lack of money and opposition to more road building from environmental groups oh is is what they're saying is the reason behind having to look um, at new ways to create extra capacity on our motorways. So now the highways agency is having to make the best use of existing space yep. with technology, so these gantry signs, etc., controlling the flow of traffic. The idea has been tried out, but only at certain times on certain motorways. And there was a successful pilot scheme on the N42 in the West Midlands back in 2006. So is this this thing where 
sometimes it's a hard shoulder, but sometimes it's a lane, or is it constantly a lane? Well, that's hard shoulder running, isn't it? Where it's established as a uh, hard that's, shoulder that's and they runnings. open it up. The Nigerian. They're not Nigerians, they're Jamaicans. Oh, a bit racist. Careful. Aren't they? Apologies. Careful. So and that... don't mess with cool, cool runnings. So that's hard shoulder runnings. So hard shoulder running is where they open up the hard shoulder occasionally right. to allow the flow yep, of traffic. Yep, they do it on the M1. This way, it's almost the reverse. That's what it looks like. But obviously, the highways agents will give you more details. The AA have got serious reservations about this scheme. scheme. What have they been saying? Yeah, they're concerned about what happens if you break down, obviously. That's their their remit. Um, And other emergencies, if they take place in a lane that was once the hard shoulder, they say the changes between junctions 23 and 25 of the M25 should be treated with caution by drivers this morning. You know, stick to the speed limits, follow breakdown advice to the letter. The AA says that the distances between the new safety refuges, so they're will be somewhere to be able to get to but it's how you get to it uh, the AA thinks they're too far apart and that there are too few overhead gantries for variable signs yeah. um, we spoke to motor- motorists at Toddington what they thought about the idea here's yeah. what they told us oh, you, uh, yeah go on the concerns is if you, if you break down anywhere that isn't close to the refuge area um, it's extremely dangerous you know, you hear so many accidents with with trucks and things running into the back of cars that are on the already hard shoulder. Now, I can understand why they're doing it to increase traffic flow, but the fact that the refugee areas are so far apart, that would be my biggest concern. I would be concerned about the fact that if you had an accident or broke down, there would be nowhere to go, and then you would be putting yourself more at risk. Motorways need the hard shoulder because it's not like a normal road where you can pull off, so I think it is a real big safety thing that anyone driving along a motorway needs. I don't think it's a very good idea at all because the the safety implications, they're not making a safety provision for us, which I think is really dangerous. Well, a few years ago, I actually broke down and there was smoke coming out of my car and I couldn't move it. So I could go straight onto the hard shoulder and stop and phone the AA or whoever I was with. What would happen if you just broke down and your head gasket went and you weren't at a refuge? Well, we'll be putting that question, maybe not quite so specifically about gaskets and the like, but we'll put it to the highway agency later on. And also, I've got to refer you to a recent AA survey. Please We're going do. To speaking to them in an hour. Yep. Um, it backs up what motorists are saying there. The figures show that 63% of drivers will be very mm. nervous about driving on a motorway with no hard shoulder. A further 77%, though, disagreed. I don't know how those figures work. Um, but because those modern cars are more reliable, hard shoulders are not needed. Oh, a further 77% disagreed with the idea that because modern cars are more reliable, the hard shoulders are not needed. Right, I get that now. We'll be hearing from Paul Waters from the AA in the next hour of the programme, who hopefully will be a bit more clear than I am. A bit clearer. And that, yeah. Um, have you ever used one of those phones on the motorway? No. Who do you speak to? Who's, who's at the end of it? Isn't it highways? I don't, I don't, I've got no idea. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five, ever use... I saw someone strolling down to one of those phones the other day. Uh, wh- why? Surely we've all got mobile phones. Well, if you're anything like me, you've left it at home, it's in the bottom of your handbag somewhere else, yes, or uh, you've in, run out of battery. It's often in the bottom of my handbag. handbag. Uh, yeah, I, I have only broken down on the motorway, let me think, uh, once, and then I've had to stop once to allow my eldest to get out and have a wee. Right. Uh, <laughs> Tough times. <laughs> Tough times. I broke down. I didn't really break down. I didn't put enough petrol in my car. That is the most oh, embarrassing no. reason for calling out the uh, fourth emergency service, isn't it? Do you know what? I, I ran out of petrol in my car three times in one weekend. Oh, in one weekend? Yeah, you've got to learn how to judge it. I broke down on the A505 just outside oh, the window. No. You can imagine. Yeah. I had to ring work. Well, they'll come and laugh Yeah, I'm going to be a bit late in. 
if you look out the window, you'll see why. And oh. they did. They all pointed and stared and laughed. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. We can have your breakdown stories. Why the hell not? It's the last day of term. And uh, if you've ever ha- had cause to um, use one of those motorway, what would you call it? a motorway emergency phone point? Yeah, I'm sure it has a snappier name, but one of those phones. Emergency motorway for an EMPP. That'll do. EMPP. If you've ever used an EMPP, uh, who did you speak to at the end? Can I just say as well, if you do break down and you pull onto the hard shoulder, that isn't the that isn't home. That isn't no. safe base. You've got to get out of your car. The number of times I see people sitting in. Well, there. they say that, and they do say that, and that's the advice. Follow that advice. Get up the verge. Behind what, the barrier. But what if it's what if I'm coming in at half past four in the morning and it is flipping cold? I don't want to s- sit on a dark, cold verge. You should have a blanket in the back of your car. I've got an empty pizza box, a BG's biography, and um, some David Cassidy CDs. You need to plan for the worst, my friend, and that's pretty bad. But it's not the worst. Gosh. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We've had a call in from Steve on the M1 London bound. Between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur and 9 for Redbond, there are plastic barriers blocking lanes 2 and 3. Police currently on the way there. On the speed sensors in Chesant, the A10 southbound, looking busy to join the M25. And also as you approach Milton Keynes at the Watling Street roundabout, Stoke Road approach looking quite heavy. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. It's coming up to 6.16. It's Monday, the 14th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 in Hertfordshire has become the first motorway without a hard shoulder. Russia's being accused of sending special forces into eastern Ukraine. And Luton Town still haven't done enough to guarantee the conference title. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, how about a little murder? Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. How about a bit of murder and death, particularly local murder and death from the 19th century? I mean, one of the crimes in the book, I think there's a potential there for miscarriage of justice. There until three o'clock this afternoon. More great music to come in the next two and a half hours. Every once in a while, I like a little bit of epic on this programme. Nick Coffer. Today, I'm just outside of Aylesbury at Stoke Mandeville. I'm at Hula, which is an animal rescue centre in the paediatrics ward of the L&D Hospital. I'm in St Albans. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
psychedelic. That's the single mix, which is significantly different to the album mix. Fact fans. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. Now, the Association of Teachers and Lecturers starts its annual conference this morning, discussing, amongst other things, the impact a job in education can have on your mental health. According to their research, more than 50% of staff feel their work has a negative effect on their mental well-being and almost 7 in 10 are hiding mental health problems from their bosses. Well, I'm joined now by Dr Vander Verborska, who is the ATL's Equalities Officer. Good morning, Vander. Good morning. The taboo surrounding mental health isn't one that just affects this line of work, is it? I mean, I, I would imagine lots of people in different professions don't want to tell their boss that they have a, a mental illness. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is there's a lot of stigma around mental health issues and people, as you say, are very reluctant to speak about it. Um, However, we are doing um, what we can to raise awareness of it through, obviously, the debate that we're having at conference so that we can try and bring it out in the open and try and do something to remove the stigma. So what exactly is the debate that's happening? Well, our our members each year um, debate issues that um, they feel are the prevalent issues in education so that it then becomes our union's policy. So today we are, among many other things, looking at the pressures that education staff are under um, and and what they want the union to do about it, basically. And how how do these pressures affect uh, your members' mental health? What, What kind of things are you hearing? Well, the main issues are really around heavy workloads. I mean, we had a report that said that teachers are doing over 60 hours a week um, regularly. And obviously, they have lots of deadlines, lots of inspections. Um, Sometimes they don't feel that their heads, you know, that their heads are giving them enough time to do the work that they have. And we have a government that's constantly changing education. It changes the curriculum. It changes terms and conditions of of what's happening in education. And so education staff have to keep up the whole time in addition to doing their job and doing what they do best in the classroom. Okay, so those are the pressures, but what, what, if, what impacts mentally are they having on your members? It's causing members um, to have very high stress levels, um, things like disturbed sleep patterns, exhaustion, anxiety, depression, um, and it can even affect mood or appetite. I mean, these are the things that they're telling us. There might be some people, Vanda, who say, tough, th- th- welcome to the real world. What would your reaction be to that? Well, I think anybody who's um, been in the classroom, and I think lots of parents out there and people who have um, children are aware that, you know, teaching is the real world. It is very much the real world. And all of the, all of the um, issues that are in society are in a microcosm in, in the classroom. So teachers and education staff are dealing with that all of the time. But, but there, are, other, there are, are people who, who, who would say, well, that, but that's, that's the world of work these days, isn't it? Feeling stressed and, and sleep being interrupted. Well, I don't think, um, to be honest, I don't think that that's, that's um, a good enough answer, so to say, <laughs> because I think if this is the case, and it is in many professions, we know that, um, then more should be done about this, and more should be done to tackle it, because this is a ticking time bomb in terms of um, our society, in terms of individuals, and the impact that that's going to have on a wider level. What should be done, then, to tackle it? Well, we think the first things we can do are raise awareness so that people feel comfortable talking about different mental health issues. Because we can see from the survey that um, 
two-thirds of people aren't reporting this at work um, and obviously this can lead to other problems. So we want to raise awareness. As a union, um, we have reps who um, are trained in these issues, who can help people on the ground, as do other unions. And um, that's, what, that's what we can do, basically, provide a friendly ear, practical advice and help and encourage people to talk about, this, talk about their mental health issues and to go to the appropriate people for help after that. Should parents be concerned that so many teachers are, are, are claiming they have mental health issues? I think that um, parents understand the pressures that teachers are at and they very often um, comment on that and they, they see that because they see teachers very often and other education staff as well. Um, and I think, you know, they're as concerned as anyone else is. But should they be concerned, no, sorry, not necessarily about the teachers, about their children and the impact that the mental health is having on their children? I think you'll find that um, many of the education professionals obviously um, are dealing with mental health issues in ways that, you know, in trying to cope with them in terms of it not leaking into the classroom. Um, and I don't think that's an issue for children. But if However, someone's if feeling, if someone's, if someone's not sleeping, uh, there's a chance they're going to be irritable or they're going to be um, slightly short. If someone's depressed, uh, there is a chance that at times they won't be able to quite be on top of that and, and their attention might not be focused or they might be a bit snappy or they might not feel as confident. So if people really are, if teachers really are experiencing these mental health issues, it, it inevitably at some point it will have an impact on the children, won't it? I think it may have an impact on their work. I think that... Um Teachers, by and large, are very um, experienced professionals who are able and do this every day to go into the classroom and to present a professional face. I think um, most teachers, um, from what I know from teaching to from talking to a lot of people, will um, man will manage those issues and they will probably more or less take those issues home rather than take them out in the classroom. Fascinating talking to you. Thanks very much. Enjoy your debate. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Dr. Van der Verporska. I don't know if um, wishing someone uh, that they enjoy their debate about mental health issues is necessarily the correct um, phrase to use, but I used it. It's a conversation that needs to be had. It's a conversation that needs to be had. It's interesting, wasn't it? When I mentioned to Vanda, should parents be concerned? Well, I think a lot of parents are concerned about teachers. Well, two things strike me. A... I, I don't know if a lot of parents are concerned about teachers and um, are respectful of what they go through. And also, B, it's interesting that she focused on that and didn't say, didn't pick up that parents might be more concerned about the children, which is ultimately, the pupils, which is ultimately what all of this has to be about, isn't it? Surely. Also, I know that there are extra pressures now, teachers having to jump through hoops for t league tables, etc. But when you think back to when you were at school... As an adult now, I recognise that there were some of my teachers that shouldn't have been there and oh. it wasn't doing them any good at all and it well, certainly wasn't doing us any good. No, some, yeah, some, some of them were, were rubbish. We had a teacher who used to just go and sit in the cupboard for the whole class. Sorry? Yep. You know, it was one of these classes that needed... It had a storage room attached to it. He'd go and sit in the cupboard? Mm -hmm. And do what? Don't know. Just well, be I away know, from us, I, I imagine. I know we've just had a talk about mental health, but that's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, they would just remove themselves. Gosh. Uh, uh, what's our phone number here? I've forgotten it. 08459 <laughs> I nearly gave another phone number out. Uh, look, we can talk about your, your concern about teachers and, and the pupils, but also it, the modern world is more stressful than it was 20, 30 years ago. We've got emails. We, you know, people, there was a, a report a few days ago that people are doing kind of six hours work at home because they've got emails on their phones, and so they're replying to emails. The world is a more stressful place. And um, 
I kind of... It's a tough one, isn't it? You're talking about mental health. The things she listed, sleeplessness, um, uh, lack of appetite, those things don't sound massive. Depression, yes. I can buy into that. I've bought into that. Um, Losing sleep and lack of appetite. But, on the other hand, if you are dealing with the most testing members of society on a daily basis. Little it's not like you can so-so's. crawl into the office and sit behind your computer all day and not bother. We can go and sit in a cupboard, anyone. apparently. Well. 08459 four double five five double five. Can we find... Let's do that. By the way, we're not doing Facebook today. We're not doing Facebook. Forget it. Let's not even look at it. Uh, it's phone calls. It's not even texts. I'm not even doing texts. It's phone calls. 08459 four double five five double five. Oh, we've got a nice one from Paul in Stockfold. Let, let, well, this is the audition piece. If this is any good, we'll, we might do some texts. I say nice. I mean relevant and interesting. OK. Um, it's illegal to run out of fuel or stop to allow your passengers to urinate on a motorway. Sue me. Sue, sue me. The A421 between the Black Hang Cat on. Roundabout and the M1 is a two-lane 70-mile-per-hour road with no hard shoulder. Is it less dangerous than the M25? Paul from Stockfold. Interesting Hang, point. Hang on a second. Ben, you can take that. I've turned... Uh, Ha- it, it's illegal to run out of fuel. Is it illegal to run out of that? Really? How's it illegal it's to run out? You don't do it deliberately. Hey, hey guys, should we run out of fuel today? Although sometimes I do play um, uh, dare when my petrol gauge is on zero. Yeah. I, play, I like to play a little bit. I of dare. did have a car once where the petrol gauge would swing um, depending on whether I was on a hill or not. <laughs> so sometimes I think, oh, if I just go downhill a bit, I'll be all right. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Can we find the most stressful and the least stressful job today? Heard some teachers, and also you get your thoughts on teachers and, 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 and mental health issues around that. But let's find it is a more stressful world, isn't it? Let's find the most stressful and the least stressful jobs if we can. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We will do text today, but we won't do Facebook. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We had a call in from Steve on the M1 London bound. Reports of an obstruction between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur and 9 for Redbourne. Plastic barriers are blocking lanes 2 and 3. Looking on the speed sensors, there is a slow patch of traffic around Junction 10 and also between the Kidneywood roundabout to the main motorway looking very heavy as well. On the speed sensors in Hartford, the A414 looking slow as you head towards the A10. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half past six, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, a section of the M25 in Hertfordshire has become the first motorway in the UK without a hard shoulder. From this morning, the hard shoulder's been turned into a permanent lane. Russia and Ukraine have clashed at the United Nations. The Russians say Ukraine is waging war on its own people in the east of the country, while Ukraine is accusing Moscow of trying to destabilise the country. A 42-year-old man has died after collapsing at the finish line of the London Marathon. The runner was given medical attention immediately after finishing the race but died later in hospital. The weather will be dry today with long spells of sunshine. Top temperatures around 15 degrees Celsius. That's 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Luton Town Manager John Still says he'll look at what went wrong after the Hatters failed to win the conference title. They lost 3-2 at home to Braintree, needing the win to guarantee promotion. This would have been fantastic, absolutely. And maybe everyone's got caught up in that. I didn't, but maybe people did. 
But when people haven't done their job or when people haven't been responsible in their position, you know, I look at myself then because if I've done enough work with them and that, I believe I have, but I've got to look at myself and think, well, you know, I need to go back and have a look at that. And Luton will be crowned conference champions if Cambridge United lose at Kidderminster tomorrow night. Premier League leaders Liverpool beat Manchester City 3-2 at Anfield. Liverpool are two points clear of Chelsea and seven ahead of Man City. But manager Brendan Rodgers isn't making any predictions about lifting the league trophy. And the thinking is to, to enjoy this victory because it was a, an excellent performance. We've got a tough game at Norwich next week. Norwich uh, lost yesterday, but they, they played very well. So, um, so we know that we have to regain our focus very quickly. As I said, we'll just get ready next week, work very hard on the training field and we know we've got a tough game next week. Hull City came from behind twice to beat Sheffield United 5-3 in the FA Cup semi-final. They'll play Arsenal in the final. And in golf, the American Bubba Watson has won the US Masters. Watson posted a final round of 69 to finish 8 under par. The easiest of putts now is for Bubba Watson. Into the hole it goes and he crumples with emotion. He puts his hands on his knees. Bubba Watson has joined Tom Watson as a two-time Masters winner. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at seven o'clock. Morning, Canvas. What's that? Uh, that's my little girl when she's about three. <laughs> Where are these from? Whippy, it's the Jubilee. <laughs> that's when I did a Jubilee special. <laughs> well, these are brilliant. Ooh, that lady's good at the hula <laughs> That was Grace Jones. Oh, that, can I steal those? Yeah, you can. Those are fan- well, have those. They're, they're part of the catalogue now. Look, that's fantastic. Let's just have this one again. Whoopee! Isn't that great? <laughs> Whoopee! It's the jubilee. When are we having another jubilee so that that becomes appropriate? About another twenty years. Lovely. Fine. Morning, Canberra. Morning, darling. Isn't that wonderful? I, have, I don't know why that popped up, but um, I'm glad it did. Yeah, that's nice. I was I was going to play something else, but that's 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 a plenty. We'll have that. Uh, Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What would you like to have a whinge about today? Um, anything you. Like really, but we're talking about the the uh, teachers being stressed. Yes, I'm afraid that runs right through our society. Oh. You've just got to look at a, a, a cross section of the RMPs, really. I mean, well, there are so much. They, they, you just some of them look so stressed to me that they uh, they really need care. Really, the, you're, you're you're talking about the whole of our society that's under stress. I mean, I went down to Stevenage a uh, 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 couple of days ago, and the, there's a chap sitting on the floor rocking himself, rocking, rocking against the wall, and uh, another chap under the underpass who was uh, talking so loudly to himself that uh, uh, I thought myself, Christ, no wonder uh, we, the country's in trouble because there's so much stress about all over the place. Is is um, a gentleman rocking himself against the wall yeah. and a fellow in an underpass talking very loudly to himself, is that stress or, or more serious mental illness? Well, I mean, we don't know, do we? We, we don't. We, they're just out and about. The fellow didn't say. What was he saying? Well, nothing really intelligible, uh, really. Yeah. I mean, he was just shouting. And he wasn't talking, he wasn't, he didn't have a phone, I can assure you. Oh, well, maybe he had one of those um, uh, Bluetooth. Well, I don't think so. I don't think by the look of him, I no, don't think so. No. And, and, Who, uh, whose fault is it, Peter, that we're so stressed? And what can we do to get rid of the stress? 
Well, I, I do believe that we've got a, a country now that if they want to remove something, yes. they denigrate it, first of all, and then they start to destroy it. So if, they could, like. if they denigrated stress, is that what you're saying? Well, they could remove it that it way? Is, some of it is, because if you're under huge pressure all the time... Yeah. I mean, I've seen it when I was in forming in engineering, and you look at it and you think as though that person's under total stress in his life, you know. And ever, the, ever cracked under stress, Peter, or are you too strong for that? Well, if you, I, I do find that people come who come from, a, if you like, a poorer background who fought their way through yes. are stronger. Yes, is that you? Oh, absolutely. Good lad, Peter. Thank you very much indeed. Well, a, a vivid. Uh, picture painted there by Peter and Wilma Green of just how um, damaging stress can be, particularly in Stevenage. Oh eight four five nine, you right, Kath? Got something in your eye. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We'll have a look in the newspaper. Should we play a song? Yeah, go on then. Good idea. Isn't it?
Yowza, yowza, yowza. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Let's have a look in the papers. <laughs> if that's you trying to sound kind of like cool black American, you sounded like a white man girl. Uh, well, yeah. Let's have a look on the papers, our kids. That sounds like Phyllis. What have you got in the papers? She sounds like that. (laughs) Oh, Percy, love. Oh, Percy, love. Come here, give us a cuddle. That impression always makes my grandma laugh till she chokes. Oh, I see. She loves that one. Useful information. (laughs) Uh, What have you found? By the way, if you want to give us a call this morning, you're welcome to. What have you found in the papers? Lots of things. Yeah, Yeah, lots of my things that I found first. Sitting in the sunshine in South Africa... Page four, Daily Mail, if you want to read along. Holidaymaker <laughs> I like it when you do that. Katie I don't think anyone Brown. else finds that funny, but it makes me chuckle well, every yeah. time. We should have a little ding when I turn the page. That's what they used to have when I was a kid. Oh. Um, sitting in the sunshine in South Africa, holidaymaker Katie Bryan decided Neil Diamond would be the perfect soundtrack. He really is wonderful. So she downloaded the greatest hits of the US singer-songwriter. He's good, yeah. Uh, on her smartphone, and that decision landed her with a £2,600 <laughs> phone bill. What the heck? Don't do it. 43-year-old teacher bought the album for 8.99 on iTunes, but to download it, Orange charged her that amount, £2,609.31. Flipping heck. She only realised when she got home. Just don't take your phone. Don't take your phone abroad, because if you turn it on the charger... Well, to, I um, once... Here's a uh, claim to fame. I once showed Christopher Biggins how to turn off his data roaming on his iPhone. Oh. And something I'm sure he will mention in his autobiography. Uh, there better be a, at least half a chapter on it. It's a skill you must have if you're taking your phone abroad. And don't phone other people, because they pay as well, don't they? I'm going abroad! I'm worried about the phone charges! Well, Chris, what you need to do is you need to turn off the data roaming. I've got no idea how to... That doesn't sound like Christopher Biggins. I don't, well, you do a... How, what, did, who, what does Christopher Biggins oh, sound I like? Oh, darling, he's a bit more like that, isn't he? There was nothing like that. That's um, Simon Callow. <laughs> Is it? Remember Simon Callow? He was in a sitcom, Chance, of a, Chance in a Million. No, I don't remember that. It was rubbish. Oh. Why do ITV bother with comedies? They've done a couple of good ones, haven't they? Which ones? The, the reboot of Birds of a Feather? I don't think so. Oh. I don't think so. Oh. Um, Southern Bells, which was the um, was Bright- Brighton Bells. Is it like the Golden Girls? It was the remake of the Golden Girls, but with Joanna Lumley. Oh, well, that should have worked. Um, absolutely fabulous. They did that. Oh, no, that was us, wasn't it? That was it? us, yes. We own that one. Um, ITV. Ben, here we go. Uh, can you think of one? Uh, oh, you're on the phone, sorry. I am on the phone. Hang on. No, let me, who, who is it? Ask them if well, they can think... Henry. Ask him if Henry knows of any ITV comedies that are funny. Henry, do you know of any ITV comedies that are funny? Um, Channel 4 News News. Well that's alright Okay Uh, Hang on a second Not today Geoffrey Nice try sunshine (laughs) We can hear We can hear his um, Dulcets Knobbery Through the intercom (laughs) Can't say that Can you not say that Okay We knew it was him There's a brilliant picture Of a car that drove off a cliff 80 foot. He's alive. The fella's what? alive. How did this happen? Driver is unhurt as car falls 80 foot. Then he jokes, Red Bull gave me wings. Oh, hang on. A motorist survived an 80 foot cliff plunge into the sea in his car, then joked the Red Bull he had drunk made him fly. He laughed with rescuers when they asked if he'd been drinking. The 33-year-old told them he had only been swigging the energy drink. His only injury was a broken arm. He is believed to have lost control on the cliff top road and careered over the edge. Flipping heck. 80 foot he dropped. It would be exciting... What, to go over... A cliff and survive? Thelma and Louise style. 
Um, you can't count on surviving. That's the problem. So it probably takes away from the enjoyment. He's in. He's in a. What's he in? He's in like a. A posh car. Yeah. Uh, and they were in a, a, an open top, if I remember correctly. Which is, yeah, unless you've got a helmet, that's probably not something you should be doing. No, but they certainly weren't wearing it. I think one of them had a scarf around her head. It's not going to protect your cranium. That's no, not going to protect your cranium. Give us one more, Catherine. Mothers don't feel guilty about going to work. Poll finds those with jobs are actually happier. There's a surprise. Um, a new study, this is from Mumsnet, hey. said that mums with jobs were found to be more content and those that stayed at home felt that it was tougher than going out to work and that they didn't feel valued by others and that they feared overindulging their children because they're at home. And your your comment on that is? I always like to have a bit of comment. What was your comment? Um, seems fair enough. Nice one. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound looking slow between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. Also in Dunstable on the speed sensors, the A5 northbound busy around Luton Road. And in Hartford, we've got delays on the A414 as you leave the centre of town at the A10 junction. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much. 6.45. Uh, it's Monday the 14th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 in Hertfordshire has become the first motorway without a hard shoulder. Russia's being accused of sending special forces into eastern Ukraine. And Luton Town still haven't done enough to guarantee the conference title. Oh dear. Let's get the weather with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's going to be another lovely day again today. Lots of sunshine around, warm, dry and sunny. Very warm in the sunshine, in fact, and the UV levels are really quite high at the moment. So uh, so you may want to... (laughs) Um, take a bit of extra care in the sunshine perhaps today. Um, there will be lots of it around today. Lovely bright start. We're starting off the day between 6 and 8 degrees on the whole. There's a bit of a northwesterly breeze around at the moment. That will ease down into the afternoon and there will be a bit more in the way of cloud, I think. Some more like sunny spells through the middle part of the day and into the afternoon. Um, so a bit more cloud around than there was yesterday. The breeze easing down for this evening and overnight. We're looking at day daytime temperatures hitting 14 or 15 Celsius, 59 in Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight, there there will be a touch of grass frost and even a bit of air frost around as well. So gardeners beware. A colder start to the day tomorrow, but again, lots of sunshine around. In fact, in the lead up to Easter weekend, it's looking pretty nice most days with top temperatures around 18 or even 19 Celsius by the end of the working week. That's the forecast. We went to... Guess where we went on Sunday? Um, The zoo. No. The park. No, well, yeah, but that's not it. You'll never guess. The castle. Nope. The ducks. Nope. The mm, museum. Nope. Ben, have a guess where I went at the weekend with my kids. Uh, You'll never guess. Toy shop. No. 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 Um, news agent. No. No. Where then? Hot air balloon ride. No. Where? Church. Really? Oh, Oh, there's a little bit left field. Went to church. What did you do there? Prayed to Jesus. Oh, okay. It's really boring. (laughs) It was really boring. We went because it's um, Palm Sunday. I don't even know what that means. And it's when Jesus rode into um, Jerusalem on the back of a donkey and people laid palms at his feet because they recognised him yeah. as the King of the Jews. Oh, I've completely misunderstood the point of it. Anyway, uh, we went. So we'll take the boys. To start of his downfall. Exactly. We attracted the wrong kind of attention. Well, we went, took the boys, thought it'd be nice, you know, it'd be nice. Yeah. It's really 
boring. You know what's wrong with you? Yeah. Well, many things. Yeah. But mostly you expect constant stimulation. I wasn't, I was expect. I was hoping I'd be stimulated in the church. And I've got to say, it was really an un, unstimulating 35 minutes we stayed in there. Embrace the silence and serenity. That's what you've got to do. There were only about 30, a big church, mm. church where I got married actually. There were only about 13 other people in there. And I, and just, you know, listen, I've got, I know what you need to do, uh, uh, Christians. You've got to sex it up a bit. You've got to make it a little bit funky. It's a bit dull. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure the General Synod is taking notes. Good. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Oh, I like walking around the park. That's really my favourite. See the deer, see other bits of wildlife. Inviting everyone to where you live. It's a vibrant high street, which is a great asset to the community. And all this week, we're featuring Woburn and Woburn Sands. I was born and raised in the village. It's a really lovely place to come and visit. Everyone is friendly. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. It's just my local local centre, really. Woburn Sands is by far the nicest place I've ever lived. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a friendly, relaxed place to come and live with all the facilities that you might need. BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't know why they popped up on my screen, but boy, I'm glad they did. 
Uh, now, you've got a story in the um, <clears throat> papers. That, Justin, I think you've, you've been out to look at this already, haven't you? What, what, yeah. Proud to be British. Just give us the story, Catherine. Pride in being British <clears throat> is at an all-time low, with only one-third of people saying they are very proud of their national identity. This is according to a study that found just 35% are very proud to be British, compared with 43% a decade ago. Nearly half said they were somewhat proud. Are you proud to be British, Catherine? Yeah. I, I don't think about it on a day-to-day basis. When I go abroad, then I am. Justin, I, I, I'm guessing the answer from you is a big resounding yes. Uh, it is actually, yes. But um, in the last few years, I don't feel as proud to be British because I think, you know, uh, there is this negative attitude. But Catherine, can I ask you, before we go into this piece uh, from the streets this morning, why do you feel proud to be British? Um, because of what it represents. You don't realise um, the difference until you, I think you go abroad and you also understand what people expect of you because you're British. And for the most part, once they realise that you're not going to be wearing a Union Jack shorts and uh, yeah. being sick in their gutters... <laughs> we've got quite a good, we've got quite a good reputation. That makes me feel proud, though. That's what Justin's <laughs> proud of. Yes, those exactly. Guys. Yes, we're British. You go to America, they love the accent, they love the sense of fair play. They think, mm. you know, once they realise you're mm. not going to try to take over the um, planet and charge uh, $3 million for it. You know, you're not going to be the typical Brit baddie. They like it. What they did think pe- it's quite endearing. What did people say, Justin? And I'll, I'll give you my position on, on my pride for my country. OK. Um, you're about to hear this piece coming up. A lot of people saying, yes, they do feel proud, but they can't really explain themselves very yep. well. So, uh, been out this morning asking people, do they feel proud to be British? Here's what they had to say. Yeah, of course they do, yeah. Tell me why you do. Well, because, you know, better than that. I mean, come on, what's the best thing about living in this country? What makes you proud to be British? Um, it's nice to live here, isn't it? Eddie, be honest. Do you feel proud to be British? Of course I do, yeah. Well, this is the best country in the world as far as I'm concerned. What's the best thing about this country? Why is it so good? Oh, I love this country. I love Tell it. me the best thing about this country. Come on. The best thing about it is British. British. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Apart from stating the obvious that yeah. we're, we're British, is there one thing that that you think is absolutely fantastic about this country? There's got to be one thing, surely. No, I can't think of it offhand. So how can you be that proud to be British? I do. I'm. I'm just proud to the British. Yeah. I, I, I just. I just love the place. Like you know. I wouldn't love any other country. I'm I'll tell you what, this Sunday, you, me, and a roast dinner. How does that sound? That sounds good to me, yeah. That's <laughs> Listen, have a good week. Take care. Right, OK, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Survey out today, sir, that says that being proud to be British is at an all-time low. Yeah. I just want to know, do you feel proud to be British? I am proud to be British, yes. Tell me why. Uh, because I just like the British way of life. But I do find that it's being undermined, uh, and a lot of the time... It's because of politicians and all their politically correctness, which I think is, uh, has gone too far. So take the you politicians know. out of the way. This country is, is perfect apart from them. Uh, well, sort of. There are a few other things that have got to be sorted out. I mean, it's all, uh, all very well said about uh, our heritage and that, but one of the things that annoys me is that uh, you've got a drastic shortage of uh, social housing. So when they talk about our history and our heritage, uh, that's a bit daft when you've got people who haven't got a decent home. Uh, no, not really. Not at the moment, no. Tell me why. Because uh, the immigration, is too much of it. So if that was sorted out, in your opinion, would you then feel proud to be British? Yes, I would, yes. I mean, when was the last time you did feel proud? <laughs> a long time ago. can't remember. What, 20, 30 years ago? Yeah, about 20 years ago. A lot of people there, just... Mm. Saying they're proud to be British, but then they can't define it, which exactly. to me, with the greatest of respect to those people, 
it's a little bit nonsensical. Absolutely, exactly what I said before this piece. Yes, people say, <clears> yes, <throat> I'm proud to be British. Of course I am. Well, well, what's so good? Well, well, it's, 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 it's British. Well, you need a better reason than to say it's British or I like the place. If you're proud to be British, tell us why you're so proud. You must have one reason. You must have, surely. I'm not proud to be British. But you're not ashamed of being British. I'm, I'm, I feel nothing about, and we'll get loads of people on on the internet. Oh, send him, go and live in Russia, then you communist, or go, or go and whatever. <laughs> why, why should I be proud that my mum and dad had sex in this country and they conceived me in this country? Why should I be proud of coincidence and luck? Well, I, I, I don't get it. I'm not proud. What proud do, of? Do you know what the thing is? This what? country is so old. We're so secure that people don't flag wave. If you went to America, they've all got a flag outside because they feel less secure in their history. Uh, really? Do you think that's the reason that Americans flag wave? Because yeah, they're, they're, they're still defining themselves. I just don't get why. What Come am I supposed boss. to be proud of? Just okay. Lots of things in this country. Um, first of all, you look at this country. The way everyone, most people, get on together. Very cosmopolitan country. Right. Uh, the British sense of that's humor. nice. That's okay. nice. Yeah. The British sense of humour that is very unique. Come on, we, we have yeah. more eccentrics here than yeah. anywhere else in the world. But if I was Iranian, I mm-hmm. would dig the Iranian sense of humour. Or if I was, you know, was sw- Swedish, I dig the Swedish. Sense okay. of humor. It's coincidence. What about our bulldog spirit in this country? Oh, no, 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 I'm not proud of that. True. Come on, you must be proud of proud that. of what? The, no, bro- I think that human beings do tend to bond together in a crisis. I don't think that's particularly British, really, is it? But if you look at s- certain celebrations in this country, when you look at certain festivals and things like that, the way people come together, particularly the royal family. There you go. The royal family make me feel proud to be British. I, I like the royal family, uh, uh, bizarrely, but I'm not proud of the fact that we have a system where um, privileged people uh, are more privileged. As time goes on, I'm not proud of it. I think it's an interesting quirk of history. Mm, I think the people in this country are pretty special. I would say that because I'm born and bred here, but I think when you go abroad, okay. when you come back, the people in this country, they are very unique, very, very special. Justin, I appreciate that. We'll speak to you a bit later on. You spoke to a, a very special lady yesterday, didn't you? Yes, a very special lady at the London Marathon, Iva from uh, Bedford. She is 86 and she ran or slash walked the London oh. Marathon don't yesterday. Do, don't do her down. <laughs> Justin, we'll hear that later on. Thank you for that. The phones are already ringing. 0845. Four do-, do you want to knit next yeah, door? I'll go. I'll go, go. Thank you very much. 08459 455 555. Are you proud to be British? If so, why? Can you define why? Or do you agree with, uh, agree with me? And there'll be people who will be hating me. I've, I've had so much abuse over the weekend from um, feminists, I'll tell you that later on, uh, and pro and anti homeopathy people. I've kind of, I don't care anymore. I'm not proud to be British. I'm not um, disproud, whatever the opposite of proud, ashamed, that's it, isn't it? I'm not ashamed to be British. Sometimes I am. But I'm not proud. Why should I be proud of coincidence, of luck? 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Harpenden, the high street looking heavy in both directions around Station Road. Also, as you head from Sandridge towards St Albans, the Sandridge Road is busy in patches as you go through Marshall's Wick. The M1 London bound, slow going between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Good work, Catherine, on getting to the phone from one studio to the other as quickly as you did. Bad work on whoever it was who told her off for keeping them waiting for so long. I mean, for goodness sakes. Are you proud to be British? If so, why? I just don't get it. 
local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, hard shoulder removed from the M25, Russia accused of sending more troops into Ukraine and GP surgeries to open for longer. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 in Hertfordshire has become the first motorway in the country without a hard shoulder. The Highways Agency has made the changes between junctions 23 and 25 to reduce congestion. Drivers at Toddington Services think it's a bad idea. If you break down anywhere that isn't close to the refuge area, it's extremely dangerous. I would be concerned about the fact that if you had an accident or broke down, there would be nowhere to go and then you would be putting yourself more at risk. Motorways need the hard shoulder because it's not like a normal road where you can pull off. Ukraine has accused Russia of supporting terrorists inside the country. Armed pro-Russian groups remain in control of public buildings in eastern Ukraine. The UK ambassador, Sir Mark Lyle Grant, says the Russians are orchestrating a campaign to destabilise Ukraine. Russia is seeking to impose its will on the people of Ukraine using misinformation, intimidation and aggression. Tactics drawn from the darkest days of the last century. This is completely unacceptable. The Ukrainian people have the right to determine their own future free from Russian interference. The Department of Health says new opening hours for GP surgeries will benefit far more patients than planned. 1,100 practices are getting funding to help people see a doctor outside normal working hours. Sarah Cousins, who has often taken her six-month-old daughter to a walk-in centre, is welcoming the idea. I think it's great because obviously um, children tend to get ill at sort of a drop of a hat. You know, one minute they can be fine, the next minute they can have a temperature. So to have it seven days a week, 24 hours to be able to just come along and get reassurance that they are okay, it would be great. And obviously people do work a lot, so to have weekend appointments would be fantastic, really. A 42-year-old man has died after collapsing at the finish line of the London Marathon. The runner was given medical attention immediately after finishing the race but died later in hospital. Many school and college staff hide mental health issues for them from their employers, according to the Association of Teachers and Lecturers. A survey suggests 7 out of 10 people working in education feel their job is impacting on their health. Van der Viporska from the ATL says teachers are facing growing levels of stress. We had a report that said that teachers are doing over 60 hours a week um, regularly. And obviously they have lots of deadlines, lots of inspections. Um, sometimes they don't feel that their heads, you know, that their heads are giving them enough time to do the work that they have. In sport, the Luton Town manager John Still says he'll look at what went wrong after the Hatters failed to win the conference title on Saturday. They lost 3-2 at home to Braintree. The weather will be dry today with long spells of sunshine. Top temperatures around 15 degrees Celsius. That's 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Hello, Shiki. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. A lot of people have lived here for a long time. Families know each other. A lot of people are related to each other. All this week, we're featuring Woburn and Woburn Sands. And Woburn Sands, thankfully, even in these days, has a vibrant and thriving high street. It's all about where you live. It's just my local local centre, really. The Big Tour. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Bradley, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's where are we now? Nearly four minutes past seven on Monday. Monday, the 14th of April. It was Christmas the other day. I remember it being Christmas really closely. Do you remember Christmas, Kath? Yeah. It was the other I day. Just tidied up. It's nuts, isn't it? Now, now it's with the, the 14th of April. Less than two months until I'm 41. Good grief. I had to tick a box online the other day. Age box. Have you shifted? 40 to 44. Oh. The 40 to 44 bracket. It's quite a narrow bracket. It's a very narrow bracket. Full of fat old men. We're not doing um, uh, Facebook today, can't be bothered. We might do texts if they're good, but it's all about the phone calls today. Here are some of the things we're talking about. The M25, well, a section of it, they've got rid of the hard shoulder. Pure hardcore motorway action. Wow. 87-year-old from Bedford is the oldest woman to complete this year's London Marathon. We'll be hearing from her in a bit. And are you proud to be British? Can you explain it to me? I don't get it. I mean, I'm not ashamed to be British. I am sometimes. But uh, the, the, the pride? Pride in where you're born, in where your parents conceived you and gave birth to you? I don't get it. 81333, start your text 3CR. But the best way to get in touch this morning, and uh, the phone's been very busy, now's an excellent time to call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, motoring groups are urging drivers to take it easy on the M25 in Hertfordshire this morning. Yeah, that's going to happen because there's no longer a hard shoulder between junctions 23 and 25. It's been turned into an extra lane in a bid to cut congestion. And it, it does get very busy around there. Don't... Oh, should we do the, oh, the, we'll, we'll do the caller in a second, actually, because we're in, into this now. Sorry, this is, uh, Matt, we'll come to you in a second. I do apologise, Matt. I didn't see you there. We'll do you in a second. It's been turned in a, into an extra lane in a bid to cut congestion and more is set to follow suit. But what happens if you break down? You can't get out and leg it, and you're not supposed to stay put. Well, in a few minutes, we'll hear from motoring journalist Adam Rayner. But first of all, let's speak to Paul Waters from the AA. Morning, Paul. Uh, oh, you're there. Sorry, Paul, I have you on the wrong line. Paul, what, 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 um, what do you reckon to this? We have some reservations. Um, we think that removing the hard shoulder is quite a dramatic step. We won't have uh, the operation like on the M42 where the hard shoulder comes in and goes oh. out, as it were. This is completely different. This means there won't be a solid line. Um, it'll be all four traffic lanes operating, and if someone breaks down, they effectively they'll break down in lane one. So this is, a per- this is a permanent feature. It won't be switched on and off as it is on some other motorways. This, this, what was the hard shoulder is now a lane. Exactly. There will not be a hard shoulder, so drivers won't uh, have that sort of feeling of safety on the near side just in case something goes wrong with their car. They'll have to wait 2.5 kilometres for an emergency refuge area. And we think that may be stretching it a bit with some vehicles. Uh, this section of the motorway, 23 to 25, it does get very, very congested, doesn't it? Mm. So something had to be done. Yeah. Yep. The extra capacity is very welcome. We can't decry that. Certainly, it's going to be very useful. It will solve congestion. It will make journey times better. But we're not sure it'll make the motorway more reliable. If you do get an incident, say a lorry, um, you'll have to close lane one with full traffic management. Mm. And then you may well have um, traffic congestion anyway. So it won't make it sort of more reliable, but it may well improve journey times during congestion. 
And if you do break down between 23 and 25 in lane one, what, what are you supposed to do? Well, I take a deep, sharp intake of breath, I think, is the first thing. No, you need to keep yourself safe. Obviously, if you can get to a refuge area first, or if you can get off the motorway, if your car's starting to give trouble, yeah. that's sound advice. If you do, you have to get across to the near side as far as you can, if your car will allow you. Um, and then, obviously, you know, they'll pick you up. The, eventually, the, the emergency service will be alerted to the problem. But, obviously, get yourself out of the near side of the car, if you can, and over the barrier so you're safe. Make sure your passengers exit that way as well. Um, but you can get onto a sort of verge, but it's not a hard shoulder. You may be able to just get sort of slightly off the carriageway. If you're, if you're a little bit on the carriageway... There's a chance you're going to get rammed, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. That's one of our biggest concerns, especially at night, um, in the quiet hours, when there's less activity and less chance of you being spotted. So drivers are urged to look at the Highways Agency's website. We've got information on our website about this and how to manage breakdowns safely and keep yourself safe. But, yeah, drivers need to be aware there is no hard shoulder. Paul, it's going to be, uh, I say, fascinating to see what happens. That, that implies that there might be an accident at some point, and I certainly hope there isn't. I appreciate your time. Paul Waters there from the AA. 08459 455 555. Let's speak now to motoring journalist Adam Rayner. Morning, Adam. Good morning. What do you reckon about this? Actually, I think it's a damn good thing. The uh, hard shoulder is uh, an awfully large piece of mostly unused real estate, and also the idea that it is some sort of terribly safe refuge it's just not the case. If you talk to uh, traffic officers, they'll give you a statistic that sounds like something out of the lifespan of a machine gunner in the First World War. They reckon you've got 20 minutes before you will, in fact, get driven into if you are on the oh, supposedly safe hard shoulder. Um, and, and five kilometres, well, it's not a terribly long way. I uh, threw the belt of my car just the other day. Um, and uh, obviously had to roll on a little bit further. I ended up at Watford Gap Services, which was uh, which was a help. I think uh, the actual use of the tarmac, rather than it sitting there pristine, only to wait for uh, all the emergency services, including the fourth one, um, is is not necessarily uh, as important as just letting us use the road there. And it does get very congested. I know that stretch of the motorway very well. 23 to 25 on the M25. It does get very congested. But I've also broken down, Adam. And, I've, and, and my car has... I've had a, a, an experience where my car just cut out. And I managed to get to the hard shoulder just. I couldn't have got any further. And if that isn't a hard shoulder, if it's now a lane, that does make it more dangerous, not just for me, but for everyone else on the road, doesn't it? It does, yes. And uh, that, that said... The motorway itself is is there's just so much an issue of whether or not people are paying attention. And again, just and they don't do they? We know they don't. Well, absolutely not. The the nastiest thing ever witnessed was a an accident developing behind me um, just as I I was going up the motorway again quite recently. And it's just horrible the uh, the what can occur there. Mm. But uh, nevertheless, I, I can't see this as a bad thing because this is not going to be a terribly fast piece of road. It's not being uh, but this is not being ignored. It's going to be one of the most surveilled bits of right. tarmac uh, or concrete anywhere. They are going to be watching us. Could they, could they not have done what they've done in other stretches of motorway? You can turn the hard shoulder on and off, can't you? So could, could they not have done that? So if there is an accident or there is a breakdown, they could convert it back to a hard shoulder using the, the, the um, signs? Oh, absolutely. The M42 that uh, the chap from the AA was referring to, um, is actually makes our M25 look look like we don't really have an issue, which is mm. 
quite incredible. But nevertheless, you, you, there's nothing to stop that bit of tech being added later. Mm. There, there, there are. It, it's not that difficult to actually build a, a gantry and throw more signs up. Um, and adding cameras and adding more surveillance and so forth, or even just to the point where you get a red or a, you know, a, a red cross or a little tick or an arrow basically moving traffic around or telling them where they can and can't actually use the lanes is something that could be added. In the meanwhile, this is practical. This doesn't mean we're looking at years of flaming bollards yet again because it's never been ever finished, that road. Um, this, is, this strikes me as a, as a bit of practical sense. Adam, one last question before I let you go, and this is going to make me sound like an idiot, but I need to. I, I need to come out. I don't. On the motorway, what's the outside lane and what's the inside lane? I don't know. Um, well, the, uh, the, the, the the proper term is uh, just give it a number: lane one, lane two, lane three. Um, but it's. Uh, I think common parlance. The outside. We know what we mean when we talk about the outside lane. That's the one. That's that's lane. What we would call lane one. That's uh, the well, that's what I'd call lane three. I'm probably going oh. to find out I'm in terrible trouble. I, yeah, for so me, though, I'm, I'm all about translating into the language regular folks use. So, yeah. yes, I've got a dear chum who's a traffic officer who could tell me all about it. But no, I think lane one is the uh, the, the lane the Loris is supposed to use. Lane two is the one okay. people shouldn't be sent to lane owner drivers on. And lane three is supposed to be only for overtaking. But we know all of the tarmacs about taking uh, taking some of the strain of the traffic on the M25 in particular. Adam, always good to talk to you. Motoring journalist, uh, Adam Rayner, who's always got something to say. He couldn't answer the question, could he? <laughs> I don't know what the inside lane is or the outside. People say, oh, get to go to the outside. Go to the... I don't know what the difference... I don't know what they are. Is, is the... In... Uh, to me, the inside lane would be the lane... The fast... What, no, what we call opposite. the fast lane. Because, that, well, that's the inside of the motorway. That you're inside the motorway. No, the outside is supposed is, is to be sticking the... to the left. That's the leftest you can go. Yeah. So that's the inside. But why is that? The... But it's not inside the motorway. It's outside the motorway. Yeah, but you're you're just taking it in one road. You're not taking the whole both ways in into consideration. Oh, just okay. One direction. What? So the inside is. The, stop, tra- the... stop trying to sneak in your favourite boy bands. Ben, you've been <laughs> doing all morning for goodness sakes. Oh wait, for I don't buy either of your explanations. By the way, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Matt's in Luton. Matt, do you know which is the inside and the outside lane? Well, the inside lane is for, should be for lorries, and uh, as soon as you get, if, as soon as you want to pass them, you get back into the inside. Okay, lane. so that's the, so the inside lane is what what I would call the outside lane. Uh, you're, th- you're, you're typically British. You're trying to confuse us. About, I'm, I'm not trying to confuse you. You do that yourself. Why have you called in this morning, Matt? Because I'm the proudest person in Britain. Tell me why. Because we live in the greatest country in the world. Come on. Do tell me why. Give me give me some examples of what we do we have. That's great. Great police force. Well, well, hang on. A great royal family. Every country in the world wants a royal family. Well, Russia doesn't. But you say we've got a great... interest in Russia. You say we've got a great police force. We've just um, commemorated, I think, is it 25 years since Hillsborough? And I know there's an inquest going on, so we can't say too much, but it has come out that, that perhaps the police didn't quite tell the truth. And we've had so many stories over the years of the police not telling the truth. So... Have we really got such a great police force? Well, we have got a, poli- a great police. You've got freedom of speech uh, to your police and to well, any other... You haven't got freedom of... you're in court, you still got... You haven't got freedom of speech to the police. If I went up to a police officer and told him to, to um, F off... You wouldn't do that because well, that's you're not, that, that's not freedom of speech then, is it? Yeah, but you wouldn't do that. 
but you've just said, Matt... You've got we, manners, you've got yeah, good manners. We just said it, you've got freedom of speech, and then you've, in, in the next breath you've, you've well, agreed we don't have freedom of speech. Here you go again. You're trying to put me down again. I'm not, I'm not Matt. You do it very, like, very well yourself. Was alive, if Margaret was alive, yep. she'd be ashamed of you yep. talking like that. Yep, and if, and if your, your kids were there, they would say, Dad, get off the phone, he's running rings around you. They would not. My kids are proud to be English. They were born in England. And you're talking about being British. Yes. You see that guy that's just been on, Adam Rayner? Yeah. He's mum, Claire Rayner. There's British. Real British people. Is... He is a stalwart of the British people. Is Adam well, Rayner... Hang on a second. You've just blown our minds. Adam Rayner, the motoring expert, his yes. mum was Claire Rayner. Claire Rayner, yes. I met her once at her... At Adam's wedding. I was at his wedding. Really? Yes. And he's Jay Ray, he's Jay Rayner's brother. Yes, the one on the uh, the one show doing the uh, flipping them. They're they're a minute. They're brothers and they're Claire Rayner's sons. That's right, Matt. You've blown my mind. For, well, I tell you, what, I, I'm going to give you a point today. You've got a point. Oh, thank you very much. I, I, I'm so pleased that you're gradually coming around to be a oh, decent let's, British person. Let's not get cocky, Matt. How you doing? You're right. <laughs> I'm fine. Good yeah. to speak to you, fella. I'm off. I'm off for the rest of this week, but maybe I'll speak to you next week. Okay. Cheers, mate. Okay. Ta ta. Oh wait, four five. He's blown my mind there. Absolutely blown it. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the Black Cat Roundabout, the A1 southbound is queuing on the approach. Also in Harpenden, the High Street looking very heavy in both directions around Station Road. The M1 London bound is struggling between Junction 12 for Flittick and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, things looking very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. It'll be interesting to keep on that, uh, keep an eye on that stretch of the M25 today to see what happens. 7.17, it's Monday the 14th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 in Hertfordshire has become the first motorway without a hard shoulder. GP surgeries are to stay open for longer. And Luton Town still hasn't done enough to guarantee the conference title and there's a strong chance they may not. The weather today, dry with long spells of sunshine. If you want to give us a call about motorways and also about being proud to be British, I just don't get it. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. You've told 580 gags in one hour. Can I yeah. test you for one minute? I spent the whole year trying to get into classical music. It took the four seasons. Weekdays from three. We heard from Neil earlier on. He claims he was discriminated against and asked to leave a pub because he injected himself in public in full view. Insulin keeps my son alive, OK? If he doesn't inject, he'll die. Roberto Peroni. And I just thank you for the services that you do on here to help people like myself. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone. Well, having my mind blown there that uh, Adam Rayner, our motoring expert, we've we've had him on. Well, I've been here what eighteen months. He's on constantly. He, Claire Rayner's uh, son, 
And he's also the brother of Jay Rayner. Jay Rayner's the one who's got like the little sort of the sort of goatee, hasn't he? And does all the he looks food. He's like a stuff. musketeer. Yeah, he does look. He's, he's, I like Jay Rayner. I think he's very, very good. I did. I had no idea of the connection. No. Isn't that funny? Yeah. What are we, I, 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 those coincidences and those connections? Is, um, I thought it was a joke when uh, Matt said that. Yeah, I thought Matt was. Oh, Matt, you silly old sausage. You're getting it wrong again. But he was spot on. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you for that, Matt. Not often I thank Matt, so let's um, let's hope he didn't record it. Uh, Big G's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Big G. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm today? good, thank you, boss. I've got a week off after today, so I'm in holiday mode. Lovely, lovely. What you got for me today? Um, wait to explain to you why the uh, inside and outside of the motorway. Yeah, go on. So which is the inside and which is the outside? The inside is lane one. The outside is lane three. But the ins- but, but but lane three is inside. It's in the centre of the motorway. The motorway. Yeah, but you're you're looking at both ways. There's six lanes on normally. I like to look at both ways. Yes. Yeah, you're not supposed to. You're Certainly did in college. Anyway. Direction. Sorry. You're only, you're, only, you're only going in one direction. Everyone's obsessed with with um, the boys from One Direction. What, Liam is one of them called Liam. Liam Dutton. No, I he's the weatherman, isn't he? No, you, you've got me there. I wouldn't know. It's not my cup of tea. Okay. So, um, but it's because you over, when you overtake, you move out to overtake. Okay. Ah, so ah, okay, yes. And when you finish overtaking, you move back in. Yeah, so that makes you, sense. Yeah. And another misconception is, do you know why the slip road, where you join a motorway, is called a slip road? Because you slip on and off, like a pair of socks or a stocking. Yeah, you're supposed to slip into the traffic. The traffic on the motorway has right of way over those joining. Oh. And it is for the person that is joining the motorway oh. to build their speed up whilst watching the traffic oh. already on the motorway. I, had, I, was, I was on the M40 this weekend, coming back from Birmingham, and I stopped at a service station to have a little doze. I was tired, and I, I pulled over and had a doze. And as I was getting back onto the M40, the old fella in the car in front of me, he was doing about 25 miles an hour to try and join the motorway. And I'm thinking, we'll yeah, never get on good. at this rate. Not good, mate, yeah. If someone's doing that in front of you, you need to slow right down, let them sort themselves out. Yeah. You can build up to the right speed to slip into the motorway. Big G, thank you very much. I've got to move on because I've got a few more voices to get on. Rick's on the line. Morning, Rick. Good morning. Rick, what would you like to say? I'm regarding your motorways about lane discipline and, and which is the... Uh... Which is lane one, which is lane two or three. Lane one is obviously the near side lane, which is your driving lane. It's not It's not a lorry lane. The highway code quotes it as being the lane that you travel in. And the other two lanes or three lanes, depends on the case of how many there are, are your overtaking lanes. Why? I, I, listen, I agree with you, brother. Why do so many people get it wrong and pootle along at 60 miles an hour in the middle lane? Well, your motoring journalist was saying that a while ago. He was totally oh. wrong. Oh blimey! Okay, so you, you you you're you're not joining the love in for Adam Rayner. You want to um, correct no, him? No, I mean I, I use I, I do about twenty five thousand mile a year, mainly on motorways and and, and dual carriageways. Yeah, and same discipline within this country. It's absolutely awful. They've tightened the rules, haven't they? The, the police can now um, pull people over if they get caught um, sitting in the middle lane. Have you ever known it to be implemented? Yeah, they've ma- they, uh, I think in the last six months, I can't remember the figure, someone will know it and will give me a call, but yeah, in the last six months, they, they've, they've, they've pulled over quite a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I, I travel on the continent quite a lot. All right. Uh, if you're in France, you overtake, you get back in again, you overtake, you get back in again. Over here, I say, our, our driving standards is awful. Rick, are you proud to be British? 
suppose I am, yeah. You don't now, sound completely I... convinced. Pardon? You don't sound completely convinced. Why? Well, you, 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 you uh, I don't know, but to me, I got the impression you, you, you don't sound completely convinced that you're proud to be British. Maybe I, I, I heard you wrong. Well, I think the way this country's been going over the last 25, 30 years of immigration is one thing I'm against. Well, that's my own personal view. Yeah, and you, you think immigration has stopped Britain being great, do you? I think we, we're letting too many people in that shouldn't be here. Yeah, well. All right, Rick, thank you very much for that. I'm going to step away from the immigration uh, bomb today. It's my last day. I don't need to do that. But thank you, Rick. Talking about being proud to be British, there's a, a decrease in the number of people in this country who are proud to be British. I've never got the pride in your country. There have been times when I have been ashamed of the country and, and some of the things we've done. But I'm not proud. It's a nice place to live. I mean, it's a really nice place. I feel lucky. That's it. I feel lucky to be British. Not proud to be British. I feel lucky that my parents uh, c- conceived me and gave birth to me here. I feel lucky. Is it because the word pride implies that you think you're better than someone else? Is that what it is you're backing away from? It's a very good question. And I'm giving it some that? serious thought. And, you know, why would you need to feel that in the country where you are? Um, it's about comparing yourself, isn't it? Uh, it's a really good question and you've thrown me slightly because I don't know the answer to it. I don't know if it is that. Maybe may a, a, a point of it. To me, pride is... Um, well, it's a really hard thing to define, isn't it? Mm. We need to get a definition of pride. That's what we need to do. And then kind of work around that. OK. Thank you, Kath. That was a really good question. I appreciate that. 08459 555. How do you define pride? We'll get the dictionary definition in a minute. How do you define pride? That's what we can ask. Now! Running. It was the, the big race at the weekend, wasn't it? The London Marathon. Oh, Mo Farah, you break our hearts. You only come eighth. Uh, now, my hat is uh, taken off several times and replaced and then taken off again to Ivor Barr. At the age of 86, Ivor was the oldest woman to finish the London Marathon this weekend. And she's from Bedford. Double bonus. Well, Justin Daly managed to track her down. There's a cracking picture. We should put it on our Facebook page, actually, of, um, of Justin and Ivor. Both looking very, very good, considering their ages. Uh, when Justin grabbed her at the finishing line. Well, Ivor, you've just finished. How do you feel? Absolutely exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a beautiful day. Look at that lovely blue sky. And, and the atmosphere has been absolutely Brilliant. fantastic. It always is. All the way round, they were amazing. Everybody's fantastic. They really are. So your official time was? Well, seven hours and I think about three and a bit minutes. But I didn't take too much notice of the bits. Well, I've had a few problems walking a mile down here to come and see you. Did you have a few problems on those 26 miles? I had a lot of problems. This is the worst run I've ever, ever had. But mainly it's my own fault. I was ill and um, it took me a long time to recover and, um, and then lots of exciting things in the family um, occurred so I didn't really train very well. I've had a, an absolutely amazing day and I've had an amazing few days, haven't I? <laughs> I ha- I've been um, down to the Houses of Parliament and been photographed with... Ed Balls and Andy Burnham because they run for Whiz Kids as well and uh, all kinds of exciting things. I mean, you still look incredibly fit but, but realistically, how many more years do you plan to keep doing this marathon? Well, as long as I stay well. I mean, obviously I'm going to get slower because I've got older but um, as it doesn't really matter I shall probably try and 
reached my goal. And what's the goal? To run it when I'm 90. When you're 90 years old? Yeah. How amazing would that be? I don't, I can't, I mean, when I think of how amazing it is anyway, I mean, it'll be just, I mean, the cheering because they found out I was the oldest lady on the way round has been absolutely amazing. And the support from Bedford as well, people yes. right behind you. Yeah, I know. Somebody's just going to get me a nice cup of tea. <laughs> I was going to say what's coming next. It's a cup of tea then. Absolutely. And then we're going to a hotel and I'm going to have a nice hot bar. Oh, sounds magnificent. Oh. How many marathons have you run in your time now? Well, I've run... It must be 24 or 5 in all. But the best one, of course, was the original one, Marathon to Athens in Greece. That was absolutely fabulous. I mean, it's not the same. Supposedly, the soldier ran up through the mountains. Well, it would have been a mountain track when he did it, but it's a road now. And there were little, there were little villages on the side. Just lastly, how proud do you feel knowing that you've just completed the London Marathon at 86 years old? Well... At the moment, I feel a little bit there, but I should soon feel over the moon. <laughs> you <laughs> are. I should be all buzzed up. <laughs> you are an incredible lady. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. I'll see you here next year. I hope so. In a bit better state, because I'll try and train better next. Daily? For goodness sakes, Dealey, she's just run a marathon. She's 86 years old. Get your hands off, you mucky pup. You get them while they're pooped. That was uncomfortable. <laughs> They can't run away. That was uncomfortable listening. Great report, Justin. Well done. He managed to track her down on the day, and then uh, they, we'll, we'll find the picture and, and, and put it up online because it's a cracking picture. That bath sounded good, though. When didn't it? did when did the marathon, with the greatest of respect, and I know a gentleman died, but when did the marathon become easy? Because no, because when it, I remember when the first London Marathon, eighty two, eighty three, maybe it wasn't any later than that. I think it was eighty two. Um, there were hardly any people that ran it, and they were proper athletes that ran it, and they trained for a year to become good enough to do it. And now, I mean, there was a picture of someone dressed as Freddie Mercury carrying a hoover running it, <laughs> right? And people don't even train for it anymore. People just, just, just turn, rock up and do it. But it's a good way of raising money for charity, so the more the merrier, oh, surely. No. Take it your own pace. Well, no, do it. I mean, fine. If I ever ran the marathon, it w- it, I would not do it for charity. I would do it for my own selfish um, gain. What charity are you doing for? Not. But... Um, it, 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 it seems to become easier because any Tom, Dick or Harry can do it and do it in a, you know, a fair time. Well, we've had this kind of marathon inflation. Now when people kind yep. of you know, raise money, they're doing five marathons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marathons Freddie, Mercury, uh, the Freddie Mercury. Eddie Izzard did um, yeah. a marathon a day for a month. Yeah, nuts. That's... Yeah, but he was running them. He wasn't walking about dressed as Freddie Mercury. Yeah, but he ran them. I know. He's, he's Eddie Izzard. He's a slightly tubby trans, uh, transvestite comedian. No, he's not. Exactly. And he did it's it. Like and he did it really well. He did good times on all of them. It's a great documentary, that, about him doing it. I just wonder when they became, you know, that the, the, the everyone can do them whilst carrying a vacuum cleaner um, and, and, you know, wearing a fake moustache. I just wondered. We have the definition of pride. I'll give it to you in a bit, but it's 7.30. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Mark Yate, the A5 southbound looking slow around the Luton Road and also at the London Coney Roundabout on the North Orbital. All approaches there looking very heavy at the moment. And the M1 London bound still struggling between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 9 for Redbourne. And on the M25, anti-clockwise, very slow going between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. 
Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past seven. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, a section of the M25 in Hertfordshire has become the first motorway in the UK without a hard shoulder. From this morning, the hard shoulder has been turned into a permanent lane. The deadline set by Ukraine has passed for pro-Russian militia to leave police stations in the east of the country. The army could now be used to take back control of the buildings. And Britain's biggest drugs company, GlaxoSmithKline, is facing a criminal investigation in Poland over allegations of corruption. It's being alleged that doctors were bribed to prescribe more of its medicines. The weather will be dry today with long spells of sunshine. Top temperatures around 15 degrees Celsius. That's 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Luton Town manager John Still says he'll look at what went wrong after the Hatters failed to win the conference title on Saturday. They lost 3-2 at home to Braintree, needing the win to guarantee promotion. This would have been fantastic, absolutely. And maybe everyone's got caught up in that. I didn't, but maybe people did. But when people haven't done their job or when people haven't been responsible in their position, you know, I look at myself then because if I've done enough work with them and that, I believe I have, but I've got to look at myself and think, well, you know, I need to go back and have a look at that. And Luton will be crowned conference champions if Cambridge United lose at Kidderminster tomorrow night. Premier League leaders Liverpool beat Manchester City 3-2 at Anfield. Liverpool are two points clear of Chelsea and seven ahead of Man City. But manager Brendan Rodgers isn't making any predictions about lifting the league trophy thinking is to, to enjoy this victory because it was a, an excellent performance we get a tough game at Norwich next week Norwich uh, lost yesterday but they, they played very well so um, so we know that we have to regain our focus very quickly as I said we'll just get ready next week work very hard on the training field and we know we've got a tough game next week Hull City came from behind twice to beat Sheffield United 5-3 in the semi-final of the FA Cup they'll play Arsenal in the final the American Bubba Watson has won the US Masters Golf Watson posted a final round of 69 to finish 8 under par it was the second time he's won the title in 3 years this one is a lot different you know the first one um, for me it it's almost like I lucked into it, and this one um, was a lot of hard work, dedication, and, and got back here. Um, after giving away that jacket last year, kind of wanted it back, and so uh, I told Adam that we should just keep switching back and forth. And finally, Mo Farah says he will run more marathon races despite finishing eighth in London on his first attempt at the distance. Kenyan world record holder Wilson Kibsang won his second title in the capital. BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 8 o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Did, um, Three Counties Radio. Did Mo Farah do the Mobot this weekend? Uh, I don't think he felt like he was in the mood to do the Mobot. Because if he was doing that for the whole race, that would have... <laughs> if he was doing the McDonald's M on his head, that would have slowed him down quite yeah. significantly. And that may have been... I didn't see it. That may have been the problem. Yeah. Right. Wind resistance. My, I'm going to say this. My, we watched a little bit of the marathon. We did see a bit of Mo Farah, actually. And my son asked me a question. One of those questions, as a dad, as a mum, you kind of, And my wife went, um, uh, you can deal with this one. <laughs> oh, no, what? Well, how did he... I need to get... Um, OK. So we're watching the marathon. We're watching the leaders of the marathon. Mm-hmm. Can you see where this is going? Oh. Daddy, why, are, why, are all of, why have all of them got dark skin? Well... 
that, and that silence is what we had in our house. Well, okay. Well, uh, they have, some people, as you know, some people have got different coloured skins. Um, uh, what colour would you say our skin was? Purple. Well, it's not purple, is it? <laughs> Pink. Pink's a good one. But we'd be classed as white people. They would be classed as black people. And people have different coloured skins. There's different shades of black. And they're not technically black. They're brown. They're different shades of brown. And I didn't see it. Were they all from African countries? Yes, they were. Okay. It's to do with fast twitch and slow twitch muscles. Man, Ben, why, yeah. why, why weren't you there? Call, and I did call. say, is this okay to say? Yeah. Okay, I said that um, people from, the, from African countries are generally faster in longer races. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, is that okay to say that? Is that? Or is that a horrible racial stereotype? They are, aren't they? It's, it's to do with the, uh, evolutionarily, it's to do with the muscles that are built up. Is it really, this. though? Or is it, it about well, it is. the amount of support they get when they're training? This is, what I, this is it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, have, I, have I, let's put this out there, have I, um, you know, said something horribly racist and uh, generalistic to my son that's not based on truth? You're, you're saying, Ben, it's fast twitch, well, slow t- twitch I'm, I'm muscles. Hoping. That's what I was taught at school, so uh, I might have to... But you went to school in uh, Alabama, so... <laughs> 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. But there were there were there were ten lads running. They were all black. My my son said, "Daddy, why have they? Why have all those men got dark skin?" I said, "Because um, generally, people from African uh, I'm phrasing it really badly now. Uh, generally, uh, some African countries that seem to excel, isn't it? Yeah, some people from some African countries uh, are generally faster in longer races than white people." It seems to be the case. Is there a reason for it? I, I, I don't know. Have I, have I said so? It was one of those moments. I kind of, that wasn't the main thrust of my, ar- my answer. The main thrust of my answer was, hey, man, we're all different colours. Uh, you know, there are brown people. There are different shades of brown, depending on where they come from. Um, you know, your grandmother's Greek, so she's slightly darker. She's, you know, slightly darker than we are. You know, there's a, that was kind of the answer about colour. But I did have to address the issue of, of um, the fact that there were uh, Kenyans and uh, Ethiopians who were leading the race. Did I get the answer right? I don't know. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. It's a tough one, isn't it? Or maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe it's my, my uh, classic white middle class guilt that's making it a tough one. Tim's in Bromer. Morning, Tim. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, thank you, Tim. What would you like to say, boss? I think you're... Um a little bit condescending saying the marathon's getting a little bit easier, to be honest, because I'd, I'd want you on your week off to go out and run just one mile without walking and see how hard it is. Oh, it's, it's really hard, I know. Well, why are you saying that the marathon's easy then? No, uh, Tim, I, di- I didn't say that. What I said well, was it would appear that marathons uh, are easier because back in the day when the London Marathon started... How, it- how's it easier? It's still 26.2 miles. It's still a very, very long way. Back in the day when the London Marathon started, very few people did it, uh, and they were um, uh, highly. The majority of them were highly trained athletes. Yes. Nowadays, and and people trained a lot. They trained a lot. Nowadays, almost anyone seems to be able to do it, and quite often a lot of those people don't train. Uh, I don't believe that. It's true. It's it's a Tim. It's true, mate. It's true. Have you spoken to lots of people who have said they didn't train for it? I know someone who ran the marathon a few years ago and didn't train for it. Yes. Well, I know lots of people who have run it who have trained. Well, that doesn't prove that doesn't prove difficult. that doesn't prove that I'm wrong, does it? But it doesn't prove you're right either. No, th- no. My evidence proves I'm right. My evidence no, proves that's no. one person. Yes. So, I, w- w- 
Tim. So you know one person who might have found it easy because they naturally no. might have been a runner anyway. No, they weren't. They weren't, Tim. And I didn't say they found it easy. I said that they didn't train for it. You've got to stop. You've got to listen, Tim, and focus and stop putting words <laughs> into my mouth. I am listening. Well, you're, you're not because you, several times easy, you've got right? it wrong. I didn't say you're they found it. Didn't say they found it easy, Tim. I said they did it without training. And there are other examples of that. Okay. There, not very many. I'm. I'm I know lots of people who have run the marathon. Again, that doesn't prove it, mate. That, do- that really doesn't prove it. But it doesn't prove that you're right by saying you know one person. Well, it, already I know what you, you already I know one more person than you expected me to know. There was a fella running it dressed no, as Freddie Mercury no, no, holding a Hoover. Now you're, put, you're now putting words into my mouth. No, I'm I, not, Tim. I'm, I'm just clearing up your thoughts, which seem a little I bit never, hazy. I there was a fella. I expected nobody to find there it was a, not training. There was a fella running it carrying a Hoover, Tim. Yes. Okay. Does, does that mean he hasn't trained? No, it doesn't. But again, he you, might oh, be an elite he's, athlete who's decided that to do it for charity. He's not an elite athlete. He could, he's a muppet wearing a, wearing a carrying a Hoover and wearing a moustache. For goodness' sakes, he, he might have found that the only way to get a place in the London Marathon is to run it for charity because there's so many people who want to do it. Well, well good, for, good for them, and I, I, you know, more more power to their elbow, Tim. But obviously, people's attitudes. All right, let me let me rephrase it. See if this fits in with your with your your view okay. of the world. Please do. I, I, I will, Tim. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, so pr- maybe it's not easier. People's attitudes towards the marathon have become slacker. I agree. Completely. There we go. Let's shake hands. Uh, metaphorically, of course. Tim, thank you very much indeed. Paul's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, to Paul. Well, I've just been listening to that conversation. I think why well, I'm proud to be British, one of the reasons is tolerance. Yes. Um, uh, despite uh, putting up with 10 years of government, a previous government that took us into the illegal war and raided our pension funds, but tolerance, and I'm emphasising again the British people, the humour, um, the, I, I don't think any country has a sense of humour like the British does. Uh, I'm talking about programmes like One Foot in the Grave, Dad's Army, etc., um, etc. Et Only fools and horses. Um, the generosity of the British people. We punch above our weight year after year. Comic relief, children in need. How many charities do we support in this country? Um, and. Uh, so, um, and our hu- as I said, our, go back to our humour, not the left-wing tirade we get from these foul so-called comedians. Um, but uh, that's why I'm proud to be, and the royal family. I think so the Queen has done a marvellous job. Tolerance and generosity, Paul, are two of the reasons uh, you're proud to be British. Uh, Absolutely. What do you think about all the immigrants we got here? Yeah, well, I, I, that's why I emphasise British people um, I, we, and the tolerance, because we have been tolerant. We opened our doors. The, the last government la- allowed in millions of, of immigrants. Um, Sounds like you're not that keen on them being here. No, I, uh, some some I am, yep. but uh, not all. But what should we do? The ones you're, the ones look, you're, Ian, no, I Paul. know where your views no, no, no. lay. No. I know, yes, you well, have. Let's have you, a conversation, Paul. Why are no, you scared to have I a conversation? Know, Ian, Ian, I know where your views lay. You've made it. You've stated to it several times about your left wing views. I don't so, think I have necessarily. Yeah, yes, Paul, you have. You, you, you've stated the, it several the times on the, ra- on, on the, the radio. The immigrants that you disapprove of. What should we do with them? Send them back? 
Yes. Okay. Now, can I no, take no, you back Ian, to... I'm no, not going down this immigration trail. Okay, let's move away from the immigration, but let's go back to your tolerance and your generosity. Yes. Where is the tolerance and generosity in deporting a load of people, Paul? I, Do you see what I'm getting at? You no, contradicted I don't, yourself. I don't, Ian, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that route. You don't want to address the contradiction you, you in your always, argument? You always like to swing it back... Uh, you know, to, so that you have a chance to express your left-wing Express your Express your views, Paul. You've just mentioned tolerance and generosity, and then you said we should ship some people All back right. home. Well, let's call it... Let's call it you've, made, you know, you've made your point, I've made mine. OK, Ian, well, thanks I, a lot. I Bye-bye. He's going to put the phone down, isn't he? Paul, don't put the phone down, because I, I'm just... Hi- I'm just highlighting the contradiction in his point. That's all. That's all it was. I think, wasn't it? Um... He talked of generosity and tolerance amongst the British people, and then, after some uh, gentle probing, uh, he was keen to get rid of some immigrants. Doesn't, that's not particularly tolerant and generous. Nor's putting the phone down. <laughs> There's no tolerance there, is there? Paul, listen, I appreciate you listening, even though you disagree with me on lots of things, and no doubt we'll speak again. Thank you very much for your time. It's fun this morning, isn't it? Isn't it, guys? 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. Why are you proud to be British? Can you explain it to me? We've been, uh, Ben, who's uh, working on the show today, has uh, found the definition of pride. Here we go. This is the definition of pride, right? A feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements the, or the achievements of one's close associates. So I suppose in this context, it would be a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from this country's achievements. I don't have any. I don't have any deep pleasure or satisfaction from... What, that we're the seat of the Industrial Revolution? I don't have any deep pleasure or satisfaction around that, no. Oh, really? The impact it's had on the rest of the world? Why would I get... I I have no deep pleasure or satisfaction. I have no... Deep pleasure or satisfaction. I'm not anti-Britain, although, you know... What about our achievement in creating the game of football, which has brought nations (laughs) together (laughs) in a joint union of celebration? Oh, blimey. Oh, wait, wait, 459, no. 455, 555, what? What about inventing the sandwich? Did we? We did that. Oh, that's not bad. That's a contribution. Who invented the wrap? I think that might have been the Mexicans. Yeah, because I I do love a good wrap. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the Clop Hill roundabout, the A6 southbound looking busy on the approach. Also things very busy at the London Coney roundabout, both north orbital approaches looking heavy there. In Kings Langley, the A41 is queuing to join the M25. And then on the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, very slow between junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On public transport on London Midlands, buses replace trains between Watford Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey for emergency engineering. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. I do hope Paul calls again. I enjoyed that call. And Paul, I hope you did as well. I hope you took it in the spirit it was intended. Right, 7.46.
It's, um, where are we? Monday, the 14th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A section of the M25 in Hertfordshire is no longer, uh, no longer has a hard shoulder from this morning. We're sending Justin Dealey down there to see what the impact is. GP surgeries are to stay open for longer. And Luton Towns are still waiting for promotion after losing at home to Braintree. 08459 455 555. Why are you proud to be British and can you sell it to me? I just, I just don't get the pride thing. I think we're lucky, we're fortunate, but proud. Let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rosini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Very proud of the British weather today. It's going to be another hey. lovely day. Yes, lots of sunshine around. A bit more in the way of cloud than we saw yesterday. That will bubble up through the morning and into the afternoon in particular. Um, probably the best of the sunshine over western areas of Buckinghamshire actually today. Uh, we've got a northwesterly breeze that will ease down through the course of the day too. Temperatures not quite as high as we saw yesterday, but still up to a very respectable 14 or 15 Celsius, 59 in Fahrenheit. The sunshine is strong and the UV levels today are high. Now, as we head into this evening and overnight, the um, the winds are going to lighten and we'll probably see a touch of uh, grass frost, even a bit of air frost, perhaps. So gardeners, watch out for that into tomorrow morning. A lows of two or three degrees. And then for tomorrow, again, lots of sunshine around. In fact, that's the way it's going to stay right up until... Um, Good Friday, Easter, Saturday. We're not sure about Easter, Sunday or Easter, Monday yet, so don't make too many plans for that. That's the forecast. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they're starting to introduce an American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. <clears throat> yes. Let's, um, let's go back to the story, shall we, that started this conversation about pride in being British. I'm getting it from page 11 of the Daily Mail. It's in a few of the others. The headline is, a thir- only a third of us take pride in being British. Pride in... Oh, it's by Ian Drury. Pride in being... Brit- I'm only saying that because it sounds like Ian Drury. Pride in being British is at an all-time low, with only one-third of people saying they are very proud of their national identity. A study found that just 35% are very proud to be British, com- compared with 43% a decade ago. Nearly half said they were somewhat proud. Um, Okay, the survey reported in the Sunday Times found that only 20% of people aged between 18 and 24 are very proud to be British. So what do you think? Are you proud to be British? I don't get it. I don't understand it. 08459 455 555. Mike's in Luton. Morning, Mike. Morning. Mike, what would you like to say? Uh, well, first of all, I just wanted to mention about your your motorway. Oh yeah. Uh, br- briefly, and I was going to say, if a if a car overtakes you, it it takes you around the outside. If it undertakes you, it takes you on the inside. So that will give you a clue as to which is the inside and which is the outside. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, I I I'm a little bit dumb when it comes to things like that. So thank you very much, Mike. Now the other thing I was going to mention was about being proud to be British. Yeah. Well. 
I'm proud to be British. It doesn't mean you have to have been born here, because I was actually born in Kenya, and I hold a British passport. I've been here near enough all my life since I was a young child. And one of the reasons I'm proud to be British is because as, a, as a, um, an empire originally and then part of the Commonwealth, it invited people here to be a multiracial country, a uh, multiracial society, and that, I think that's something to be proud of. Um, one of the things that I find that I'm not quite so proud of is the fact that we seem to be one of the only countries around the world where you can't go and order food and drinks and pay for it. When you finish, you have to pay before you take it away, which tends to huh? suggest that we're not trustworthy. For, uh, uh, what do you mean in bars and things? Yes. Because in restaurants, obviously, you pay when you when you finish the meal. Yeah, most restaurants, yes. But if it's anywhere else, bars, clubs, you know, um, even pubs that you eat in, yeah, you've always, you always have you to mean. pay before. You, yeah. And, in, the, you know, well, Mark, in, that, that... in the great scheme of things, you, I mean, you mentioned the Commonwealth. Well, we we could talk about oppression. We took, could talk about slavery. We could talk about uh, people wars that are perceived as being illegal. If the only problem you've got is that in some pubs, when you order a burger and chips, you've got to pay at the bar, then I guess we're not doing too badly, are we? <laughs> Mike, <laughs> thank you very much for your time. 08459 four double five five double five. Andy's near Luton. Morning, Andy. Are you proud to be British? No. Tell me why not. Well, the ability in this country to... Uh, freedom of speech you're on about, which we're doing right now. Yes, we can have a chat, but certain parts of the world still do. They have the freedom of speech, but... For us, our backbone's gone, mate. The only way that we know that we're angry, we write a letter. And when we write a letter, that's the only way a British person shows they're angry. When the fuel prices were at one pound years ago, the, 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 our country decided enough was enough and we'll do slow drives across the country. That was brilliant. A bit of backbone, a bit of stand up and give up and go, we're not taking this from the government. As soon as the government said, yeah, we'll keep that at that price, eventually it starts to rise. What have we done since? We've done nothing. We accept £1.50, but we wouldn't accept a pound. So our ability to argue, then we've got our British forces. We used to have the best forces, the police force, the army, the RAF and the navy. All those have been reduced to what? Because all that money, cost cuts, reduced to nothing. Our lads have been sent out to be killed across the world, and all we can do is stand there and slag them off. It's not what everybody does say, well, they shouldn't be doing that. We all do jobs in this country, we all live together, but as a British person, I love the country, I love the fact we've got a Prime Minister, because we, I don't want a President. The Royal Family, well, the Royal Families are all family, aren't they? They're rich, and they do some things for the country. But what I'm concerned about is, what about us, like the workers? That's what I'm saying. Our backbone has gone. We won't fight as a nation. When things go wrong now, we won't fight. If you watch the French, they put the government to their knees when it affects them. What do we do? What do we do? Oh, I'll write a letter to the MP. Oh, very well done. And the last thing I'll say is, I don't know a Prime Minister when he stands there Every time you look at the TV about the politics of this country, everyone stands there going, yay or nay to what they're saying. But when they go back to their houses, they sit in their little houses and realise that half of what they've just listened to is not even going to affect them. Andy, I've got to move on, but thank you very much for that. Very impassioned speech there. 
Now, do you remember, we've talked about this the last uh, few weeks. We got a call a couple of weeks ago saying that uh, Beds Fire Service were going to uh, uh, um, uh, Ackworth Court in Hockwell four or five times a day. Well, we kind of chased this up, and um, it was supposed to have been sorted out by th- end of play Thursday. Well, Dave uh, Luton called us to say he keeps he keeps seeing firefighters, blues and choosing it, to Ackworth Court. And so we've asked him to watch it over the weekend. Morning, Dave. Good morning, boss. So you would, you, you'd heard stories uh, on Friday that this was still happening. Yes. We asked you to keep an eye over the weekend. It should have been sorted out. Please tell me it has. It hasn't, no, oh. because the fire engines were there yesterday, twice. Oh. And I'm being told by people in the flat as well that the fire engines are still coming about three times a day. Oh, blimey. Sometimes three, uh, three fire engines, even the black um, cars where the firemen, chief fireman sits in, yes. two of them. But And it's not just at Aqua Court now, it's going to Green Court. Oh, no, there's not more places! Yeah. Oh, nuts! But the other thing is, the council said it's going to take four days. Yes. Well, the lady in the flats told me, um, Friday, they're only on floor six. They've got to go to 14. Oh, no. But the the situation is, the fire engines are still coming, Uh, uh, even last night. But I'm not here all the time. I'm only being told by certain people. But they're still coming. And it's still the fire alert, um, right. fault of fire alert. Right. We're, right. This, we're, I'm not having this, Dave. If what you're saying is true, Catherine. Yes. This is what we're going to do. Let's get a reporter down there today to find out what's going on. Tomorrow on tomorrow's show, we'll get um, the council uh, to send us a statement because they won't come on. Tell them, no, tell them they have to come on, and we'll get the fire brigade on again and find out exactly what's going on. Because this find is out, out of order. what's taking so long. Yeah. Dave. Ian, yes, sir. Ian, yes. Can I just ask you a question? Go on. About oh, British. Yeah. Yes. You had a man on, not last time, the time before, he said he was born in Kenya, yep. but he's proud to be British, but yes. he's not British. Well, maybe he's taken British uh, citizenship. No, he's still not right. still not British. Well, if he's not even British... Though he's taken, no, he's not, even yeah. if he's taken British citizen, he's not British, he's a Kenyan. Right, but he's taken British citizenship, so he's a British citizen, so he's British. Yeah, but he's not... <laughs> But he's not born in this country, so he's not ah. British. Ah, now that's an interesting point you raise. So you have to be born in this country to be British, do you? Of course you do. What about... I'm, I'm, I was born in this country. I'm proud to be British, but what? I hate this country. What? I hate this country. There's an, there's an oxymoron. Moron. No, you... no, I hate this country now than what it was a few, many years why, ago. Why do you hate it now, Dave? Because the, the, the society in this country is so violent... So cruel, no, it's so not. evil. No, it's not. It's it not. Is. It's not. You go. Oh, it's if you not. lived in my, if you lived in my time of the fifties and sixties, it was a brilliant country, absolutely yeah. brilliant. There was, there was, there was the craze. Uh, there was uh, all the, the Moors murders. There were gangs roaming around with razor blades. And do you know what? Here's something. What um, gang, young gangs used to do. They used to sew razor blades in their, uh, l- the back of their lapels on their jackets, so if someone grabbed them, they'd cut their, slice their fingers. Yeah, but the thing is, like the Craigs, the Craigs were only fighting amongst their gangs. No, they weren't, mate. They weren't. I was reading a really they... interesting report about um, what the Craigs got, uh, the Craigs got up to sexually. Uh, they were also um, into, into all kinds of shenanigans. This whole thing about the Craigs only hurt the, their own kind is not true. I sat with the Craigs, I sat with the Richardsons. 
Yeah, they were nasty, nasty no, pieces of work. they was not. If you sat with Dave, them... Dave, one of the best. Craigs was a paedophile, mate. Right, but hold on. They were fighting against the gang, their own gangs in London. But so they were fighting... Well, the ga- oh, but they wasn't fighting with ordinary people. OK, Dave, thank you very much indeed. That's a myth. It's a myth about the Craigs. The craze. I'm doing it now. It's a myth about the craze. They only fought their own kind. They didn't. They were horrible, violent thugs who ruled by fear, intimidation and bullying. People that look back on them as the romantic criminals, they weren't that at all, I'm afraid. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the Black Cat roundabout, on the speed sensors, all approaches looking very congested at the moment. And the M1 London bound, heavy between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Then on public transport, London Midlands have buses replacing trains between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. I do often wonder. Alice obviously doesn't hear the whole show. She only hears, you know, the two minutes before her bit. I, I wonder what she thinks. I really do. More of your calls on being proud to be British after the news with Lee Agnew. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, the headlines. Hard shoulder removed from the M25. Tensions heighten even further in Ukraine and doctors' surgeries to open for longer. BBC Three Counties Radio. A section of the M25 in Hertfordshire is no longer has a hard shoulder from this morning. It's been turned into a permanent lane to deal with congestion. Motoring journalist Adam Rayner from Hertfordshire says it's about time it's put into use. Hard shoulder is uh, an awfully large piece of mostly unused real estate and Also, the idea that it is some sort of terribly safe refuge is just not the case. The deadline has passed for pro-Russian militia to leave police stations in the east of Ukraine. The army may be used to take back control. But speaking at the UN, Russian's ambassador Vitaly Cherkin warned of dramatic consequences if the authorities in Kiev took action. I do hope that uh, the major appeal coming from our delegation has sunk in that urgent steps need to be taken in order for reckless uh, things not to be undertaken by the Ukrainian authorities. The trial of Abu Hamza, the radical cleric extradited from Britain to the United States in 2012, starts in New York today. He faces 11 terrorism charges, including providing material support to al-Qaeda. The Department of Health says new opening hours for GP surgeries will benefit far more patients than planned. 1,100 practices are getting funding to help people see a doctor outside normal working hours. But Dr Chand Nagpal from the Doctors' Union, the BMA, is worried about the changes. GP surgeries already are overstretched. It's quite difficult to get an appointment as quickly as we'd like to offer. This pilot doesn't actually address that issue. In fact, it's probably going to result in GPs providing care more thinly, seven days a week. The right thing to do is for GPs to look after the illest patients, uh, not being less available for them because they're actually trying to provide longer working hours. Britain's biggest drugs company, GlaxoSmithKline, is facing a criminal investigation in Poland over allegations of corruption. It's being alleged that doctors were bribed to prescribe more of its medicines. 
Many school and college staff hide mental health issues from their employers, according to the Association of Teachers and Lecturers. A survey suggests seven out of ten people working in education feel the job is impacting on their health. Van der Viporska from the ATL says teachers are facing growing levels of stress. We had a report that said that teachers are doing over 60 hours a week um, regularly. And obviously they have lots of deadlines, lots of inspections. Um, sometimes they don't feel that their heads, you know, that their heads are giving them enough time to do the work that they have. In sports, the Luton Town manager John Still says he'll look at what went wrong after the Hatters failed to win the conference title on Saturday. They lost 3-2 at home to Braintree. The weather will be dry today with long spells of sunshine. Top temperatures around 15 degrees Celsius. That's 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Interesting shops. There are clothes shops, food shops. People are nice. It's all about where you live. It's nice, it's quiet, yeah, and it's just beautiful. And all this week, we're featuring Woburn and Woburn Sands. You'll have a really good time and meet nice people. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh man, it's a spunky show this morning, isn't it? Hopping along. Do you want to take part? The phones have been very busy. There are a couple of lines free now. Now is an excellent time to call. What are we talking about? Well, a section of the M25 between Junction 23 and 25 has no hard shoulder as of today. It's been turned into a lane. What do you make about that then? A report in some of the papers says only a third of us take pride in being British. Well, are you proud of being British? And if so, why? And can you sell it to me? I'm glad to be British. If you look at some of the other alternatives, proud? I don't think so. And can we stop this nonsense, this myth, that the craze were kind of Robin Hood characters, robbing from the rich and giving to the poor... Horrible, horrible thugs. Nasty pieces of work. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. No Facebook today. I can't be bothered. Scott's tweeted me. The craze used to intimidate shopkeepers and make them pay money every week or their shops were burned down. They weren't very nice people. I've cleaned up the last bit of that uh, tweet. But it's true, this romantic... Oh, back in the day, the 50s and the 60s were violent, violent times. Horrible times. Really nasty things happened. So this romantic notion, it was better back then. Not having it. Not having it. 08459 455 555. Now, from now on, if you uh, break down on one particular stretch of the M25, you better be a good runner. I'm joking, of course. Just because there's no hard shoulder now between junctions 23 and 25, I'm not suggesting you'd have to get out and leg it if you broke down. Although, what would you do? I'm not completely sure. We'll find out how the highways agency advises to proceed in a second, but it's clearly a concern for motorists. Here's what they told us. The concerns is if you, if you break down anywhere that isn't close to the refuge area, um, it's extremely dangerous. You know, you hear so many accidents with with trucks and things running into the back of cars that are on the already hard shoulder. I can understand why they're doing it, to increase traffic flow, but the fact that the refugee areas are so 
far apart, that would be my biggest concern. I would be concerned about the fact that if you had an accident or broke down, there would be nowhere to go, and then you would be putting yourself more at risk. Motorways need the hard shoulder because it's not like a normal road where you can pull off, so I think it is a real big safety thing that anyone driving along a motorway needs. I don't think it's a very good idea at all because the, the safety implications... They're not making a safety provision for us, which I think is really dangerous. Well, a few years ago, I actually broke down and there was smoke coming out of my car and I couldn't move it. So I could go straight onto the hard shoulder and stop and phone the AA or whoever I was with. What would happen if you just broke down? and you had gasket one, and you weren't at a refuge. Well, joined now by Graham Dalton, Chief Executive of the Highways Agency. Morning, Graham. What would happen if you broke down and there wasn't a refuge nearby? Good morning, Ian. Um, well, the f- first thing is, uh, relatively few of the breakdowns are actually things that immobilise a vehicle straight away. It happened to so me in, once. In, 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 in most cases, people will be able to get to a refuge area, and they're about a mile and a half apart. Uh, but the other thing is, we've installed signs, signals and cameras, um, uh, no, I'm in the control room at South Mims at the moment. And, and you know, the section where we've introduced, it's like on the M1, where it's running on the hard shoulder, has been running successfully for a while. Uh, and, in this, uh, and in this case, where we've converted um, what was the hard shoulder into a permanent running lane, it's being monitored all the time. So signs go on behind. If you can get right over to the left-hand side, there's a bit of a verge there anyway, which helps. Um, and, and if your car is genuinely immobile, and you can't do anything with it, and you're over towards the left-hand side, then get out behind the barrier for your own safety. Uh, But it is being monitored from the control room all the time. So if you break down and you're not near a refuge and you can't move your car, it does happen, it's happened to me in the past, um, how long will it take for a a rescue vehicle to come and uh, help? Um, It it, it depends what's flowing there, but there are traffic officer patrols out there, um, and but police patrols as well so they will be with you in relatively few minutes but the important thing is the signs and signals go on and that normally you're probably not the driver that breaks down but if you see a red x over a lane that lane is blocked there is something blocking that lane so don't use it people don't always follow those signs do they don't often believe them we've had so many instances of 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 people calling this show where the signs particularly on the m1 are just wrong um i'm not sure on the particular instances but the the really important one to see is, is that red x if there's a red X there, it means there's either something in the lane. Sometimes it's just been cleared just before you know so- someone gets through, and they might not see it because it's cleared. But that red X has been put up by an operate- operator to pr- protect the lane. The AA say the refuges are uh, 2.5 kilometres apart. They're too far apart. Um, the, the, that's the, the AA's view. We've, we've put a lot of effort into design of this system, um, and, and you know, we, we've designed it to be at least as safe as the three-lane motorway it replaces. Um, most Even with the refuge areas that we've had on the M42, the M1, a lot of the stops in those are not actually emergencies. They're people stopping for phone calls or, or to take a break or whatever it may be. That's not really what they're... Gosh, they're people for. stop on the hard shoulder for, to take a phone call. Uh, people stop on the hard shoulder for all sorts of things. That's crazy. Uh, how can you be sure this... I, I know that stretch of road, and it, it does get very congested. Uh, how can you be sure this scheme will help to reduce the congestion? Well, it's... it's bringing in the two things. It's bringing in a fourth running lane, which clearly adds some extra capacity, um, and, and the variable speed limits. With, you know, regular users of the motorway around the western section of the M25 towards Heathrow, the variable speed limits have been in for what, 12 or 13 years now. 
and they smooth the flow, they smooth the flow down, and that brings effectively additional capacity as well. So those who use it regularly um, certainly know that it helps traffic flow. It's it's primarily about saving money, isn't it, Th- this option, because an extra lane could have been built, but it would have cost a fortune. How much money have you saved? Well, it's... I mean... But, but building to this specification, it, it's about half the price in cash terms, which means we can do twice as much. So we're doing this section um, re- half it around into Essex this way, and we're doing the section in Kent from five to seven, whereas ordinarily we might only have been able to do one. But there's the environmental benefit as well, because we're not taking extra land, we're not increasing the, the, you know, the, the paved surface area. Um, so there's an environmental benefit as well. How's the road coping this morning? Uh, it's um, been doing fine so far. Um, I always hesitate with famous last words. We've had yeah. one breakdown in there that was dealt with and taken away. Um, How long did that take? Fairly effectively. Um, it was it, One lane was protected behind the vehicle and it was all done and dusted within 10 minutes. There we go. All right, well, listen, I wish you the very best of luck with it. Let's hope that, uh, that nothing bad much. has happened and that it does ease the traffic. It's a particularly nasty stretch of the road. It's Graham Dalton, Chief Executive of the Highways Agency. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. If uh, you've travelled on that bit of road this morning and you normally travel it, do give us a call, as long as it's safe to do so, uh, and let us know how you got on. 08459 455 555. Are you proud to be British, Trucker Chris? Yes and no. Oh, the right, old me, yo. Well let, me, well, let me throw a spanner in the works for you here. Go on. Hey, first of all, good morning to Lady Catherine. Oh, for goodness sakes. Can you stop this? Oh. <laughs> I tell you what, you can do... Catherine, you can speak to Chris. Go on. No, go on, Ian, don't be... Don't be, yeah. don't be well, like that about it. <laughs> no, you, you, you leave her alone. Um, let's throw a spanner in the works. To be British means you belong to one of four countries, England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales. That is Great Britain. Yeah? Northern Ireland, yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're born in Wales, you're Welsh. Scots, uh, Scotland, you're Scots. Um, Ireland, you're Irish. If you're born in England, you're English. You're not British, you're English. Well, you're British as well, aren't you? You're part of Great Britain. You're part of Great Britain, but you're not actually British. You're English or Welsh or Scots. But you belong to all four. Now, to hold a British passport means that you can... You can uh, Pick which country you want to live in, but you're still not English, Scots, Irish, or Welsh. Yeah, but the, the, but the Northern Irishmen and the Welshmen and the Scotsmen, they're all our brothers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. We're but on the same that, team. Yeah, yeah, it's all the same thing, but you're part of Great Britain. Right. But you've got your own identities. Have you not? Yeah, go on. Yeah, you've got your own identities. So therefore, you all belong to separate countries within the Great Britain scope on the Great British scope, mm-hmm. but you can call yourself British, but you're not actually defining which country you come from. Right. You're, you're coming from Great Britain, which is all four countries together. So, are you proud to be British? I'm proud to be British as far as I served for ten years in the forces. Thank you. And that, yeah, that goes hand in hand, but I'm also proud very proud to be English because I'm an Englishman. I'm not a British man. I'm an Englishman. Okay. So why are you and proud to be English? What 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 are the things that make you proud? Well, this was English to make me proud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's England, isn't it? This is our fair county. That's all our counties. Um, I don't. I'm not Scot, so therefore, I'm not that. I'm proud of Scotland for what they do for England and Great Britain. 
it's good we're all brothers together. But I am proud to be English because England is my country, not Great Britain. England is my country, although I serve in the forces from Great the forces for Great Great Britain. That is a different kettle of fish because everybody from England, Ireland, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, all serve in the British forces. That's why they are called the British forces. Right, I get that. You know when we were talking about pride and how it all depends on your achievements and it's about a deep satisfaction in something we've achieved, either yourself personally or as a brother stroke sisterhood as English people, what would it be that would be making you most proud of our great nation? Uh, The Royal Family. Now, I've got to say that because I've served for 10 years in the force. The Royal Family. Um, I mean... The Queen, she's done a lot for this country. Some of the royal family, well, yeah, they, they just tag along. But mainly the Queen, she, she's been on that front for, for decades now and she's done a great job for this country. Um, but yeah, it's, it's what we actually do, do in this country for other people. Um, we, get, we, we get what's it on from a great height. They, you know, they, they send people over, people come over here and they say, oh, we want this charity, that charity. Well handled, Catherine. Do you know what makes me proud of being English? Yeah. Truckers. <laughs> Only because they love you. I love them back. They consider you to be classy. Yeah. Well, I am in certain lights. Chris, thank you very much indeed. Always good to have you on board, boss. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Between the Stoke Hammond roundabout and the Drayton Parslow roundabout, the A4146 heading north has one lane closed after an accident, looking slow in the surrounding area on the speed sensors at the moment. Also, the M40 London bound, heavy going between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. And the M25 anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On public transport, London Midlands have buses replacing trains between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Before I do the news, Catherine, just describe truckers the way you describe them to truckers. me. Yeah? I love truckers. They're, and I also love cabbies. Yeah. But cabbies, for me, are truckers light. <laughs> And the other way you described them was? Truckers are full fat cabbies, but I'm not saying they're fat. There we go. Truckers are full fat cabbies, says Catherine Boyle. Discuss. 08459 455 555. Don't even have to come on air. You can discuss it with her off air if you'd like. It's 8.16. It's Monday, the 14th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. From this morning, a part of the M25 in Hertfordshire has four lanes and no hard shoulder. Ukraine is threatening to attack pro-Russian forces in the east of the country. And the fire service is still being called out to high-rise flats in Luton because of a faulty alarm system, despite telling us it would have been sorted by the end of last week. The weather today will be dry with long spells of sunshine. BBC Three Counties Radio. Monday the 5th of May is Milton Keynes Marathon Day on BBC Three Counties Radio. As a station, we are going to be going there fully loaded and prepared to go as a team for success. The Milton Keynes Marathon. I'm Laura Moss. I'm the editor of BBC Three Counties Radio. And I'm Jeff Doyle, and I'm the sports editor at BBC Three Counties Radio. Countdown to the Milton Keynes Marathon. Some of us who are extremely fit will be doing more than others, so I think I'm going to end up doing about eight miles. And I'll be sprinting 
my mile that I will be doing. And with around four weeks to go, let's see how some of our willing runners are training. So what I've been doing is I walk my daughter to school in the morning. That doesn't count. And then I run home. Which is pathetic. However... (laughs) (laughs) That is so wrong. Countdown to the Milton Keynes Marathon with BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Flipping Twitter. Flipping Twitter. So I've had pro and anti-homeopaths this weekend having a go at me. Then I've had the feminists having a go at me. What, what have you said to upset the feminists? I said that um, I think the man should buy the engagement ring and should go and ask for permission from their parents. Right. The feminists took objection to that and accused me of being a horrible misogynist and a sexist. And oh, the, 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 young, the, the, the woman, I'm going to phrase this very carefully, the woman on Twitter, the feminist campaigner who wanted to get, I think, Florence Nightingale on a £10 note, she went to court, took two Twitter people to court. Oh, I know, yes. Caroline somebody. <clears throat> Christina. Christina. She took two people to court and one. Was this who? Criado Perez. Christina Criado Perez. Knew Catherine would know her. <laughs> yes. But she, she took... Was it Caroline or Christina? Caroline. OK. Caroline. 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 OK. She took some people to court because they uh, were horrible to her on Twitter. And she won. Well done, her. Mm. Well, she's been horrible about me on Twitter. Not to the same degree, but she says she pities my wife. How patronising. Pities your wife? How, oh. how patronising. And that um, I'm a misogynist and that I'm a sexist and that, that women are not property. You don't go and ask for permission. I think it's a nice tradition to go and ask the parents for permission. No, if they said no, I would, of course, ignored it. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a tradition. Yes. And yes, I had to give her father four goats and £200. But that's, that's by the by. Exactly. Tradition. Flippinick. And it's all, so I've had a horrible weekend oh on Twitter. Oh, dear. Well, never mind. You're back in the safe bosom of beds, hearts and bucks. I'm back home where I belong. Exactly. What's on your show today? Coming up on this morning's big phone-in, do you feel sorry for today's teachers? I know you mentioned oh, this story yes, a little yes. earlier, yep. didn't you? The Association... <coughs> excuse cough, me, I know. Cough, get it out. The Association of Teachers and Lecturers says teachers are overworked, stressed and unhappy. And the teacher... Uh, and the teaching profession is absolutely full of ill health and tiredness, apparently. A new ATL survey shows that they do more unpaid overtime than any other group. And they're put under constant pressure to meet targets and they're juggling unacceptable workloads. Well, teachers are off now, aren't they? Yep. It's the uh, Easter holiday. Is it Easter holidays or is it half term? It's kind of both. Easter holidays. So I'm very much hoping from nine, if we discuss this, I'm going to hear from some teachers. I want to know whether you feel sorry for today's teachers. Mm. Are today's teachers under more pressure, more stress than at any other time? Uh, If you are a teacher yourself, I'd like to hear from you. Perhaps you are married to a teacher or in a relationship with a teacher. Perhaps your children go to school and you observe the teachers at your child's school. Do you feel sorry for them? Are they under too much stress, too much pressure. 08459 455 555. It's the big phone in from nine. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Uh, well, we're talking about that very now, that story uh, right now. Very now, that's not English, is it? No. The Association of Teachers and Lecturers is calling for more honesty and understanding when it comes to dealing with mental health problems within the profession. Their research suggests half of staff feel the jobs had a negative impact on their mental health, and almost seven in ten staff hide mental health problems from their bosses. I'm joined now by Dr Simon Gibbons, who's uh, Head of Teacher Education at the University of Bedfordshire, and also Labour Luton Borough Councillor Jackie Burnett, who's a Governor of Farley and Hilborough Junior Schools in the town. Good morning to both of you. Morning. Jackie, we'll start with you. Are you surprised by these findings? No. No, I'm not. Tell me why. Because um, society, being parents and governors, are putting more pressures on teachers to take off the roles of parenting. A couple of weeks ago, the um, Ofsted was suggesting that children should go to school at two. What they, are teachers meant to end up potty training and teaching them their one, two, threes and things like that and their vocabulary? Um, Mr Gove is putting more pressures on teachers. He wants us to, the teachers to compete as a country against with South Korea and China because they're doing better national um, in the world in league tables. But we don't we don't value our teachers in the same way as other cultures do. We there's, do there's, not value them. There's no harm in there in, in wanting the best for our children and wanting them to be as as good as other countries in the world. Yeah, but as other countries in the world value parenting. Parenting is the first job, and the teachers. A lot of teachers are parents as well, so right. they are parents and they're teaching and doing some of the work parents are meant to do before their children go through this, come through the across the door the entrance to school. What mental health issues are, uh, have teachers spoken to you about? I've, I'm aware of stress, and I make sure at both schools that they are aware of the support the local authority offer on employee support and counselling because they're going through a lot of changes. It's not appropriate for them. I wouldn't feel comfortable if a teacher came directly to, to myself because as a governor we're dealing strategic, not operational, and I would feel that I'm undermining the head teacher. But I ask the question again and again, are they aware of the support for counselling that's going on? Because in a society we are more stressful. Gone are the days of teachers turning up at 9 and finishing at 9.30. But any time you hear about the teaching unions going on strike, you have people moaning, I wish I had 13 weeks. But do how many people want to be working on a Saturday and Sunday doing teaching plan and marking, um, and marking books? These are the sort of things teachers do. More teachers are even working at weekends, weekends and holidays to run booster classes... Yeah, there's a lot of booster classes and refreshing classes going on in Easter holidays now in this country to prepare children for their SATs and their GCSEs. 20, 30 years ago, that was not the case. The profession has changed. And parents and others who don't have a connection to the profession do not understand that. So they're dealing with that, and their parents themselves. Jackie, stay there. Let's go bring in uh, Dr Simon Gibbons into the conversation, head, teacher, uh, head of teacher education at the University of Bedfordshire. Uh, Simon, what do you think? Are, are the teachers more stressed than other professions? Well, I don't know about other professions, but teaching is a very pressurised business, always has been. Uh, 20 years I've been in it. I mean, it's not a nine-to-five job, and it's not a job where you get 13 weeks holiday. So it's always been incredibly stressful in terms of workload. I think it's been ratcheted up in the past 10 or 15 years because of the increased pressure of accountability, league tables and offset inspections really put pressure on teachers that hadn't existed before probably the last 20 years. So I think it's increased in terms of its stress and pressure. I don't know about other professions because I'm not in them. 
them, but certainly teaching is very high pressure. And, and what mental health effects is it having on teachers? Well, I mean, my guess, I don't know. It would be stress, certainly, uh, tiredness, probably not having a very clear work-life balance, being able to sort of switch off because it's one of the jobs where there's always something more to do. It's very difficult to, to switch off when you go home. There's another book to mark. There's another lesson to plan. So having time to have some relaxation, some time with your family, that's very, very difficult for many teachers. So I suspect that's part of the pressure as well. Uh, do you advise uh, the, the trainee teachers on, on um, how to deal with the extra stress? Well, certainly we, we have them under no illusions about what the job entails and that <clears throat> it is extremely pressured. We give them uh, a lot of support. Obviously, when they're students with us, when they're training, they have access to all the student support services within the university. So if they are feeling that the workload is too much or they're feeling stressed, then they can seek support and guidance. problem is, once they go into their first job, uh, it just mentioned the local authority support, but increasingly, I think there's less and less support in schools as schools increasingly become academies and divorce themselves from the local authorities. So I think when people are training, mm. we we do prepare them very well and uh, it's not necessarily the case they've always got that support when they leave uh, the training this is something you you may not know but the the, the research suggests that seven in ten staff hide their mental health problems from their bosses most people hide their mental health problems from their bosses and even from their family sometimes don't they well, that's absolutely true. I mean, mental health has always been somewhat of a taboo. I think things are changing and it's becoming more talked about. But obviously it's very difficult to admit something like that to your boss or whatever profession you're working in because you know that they are, okay, you know, they're line managing you, they're responsible for your profession and your, your development. And also, obviously, if you're working with children, there's that increasing pressure of, of knowing that the, the perception is that you have to be working at 100% faculty 100% of the time. And if you've got any weaknesses, that's going to jeopardise the education of children, which is a really high thing to admit. Jackie, do you think we should feel sorry for our teachers? I'd, I wouldn't use the word sorry. I would use the words empathetic. We need to empathise. Well, the world we live in now is more stressful. And if we can empathise and respect what they are doing and the challenges set before them, I think that that would help them in feeling valued. But we also need to recognise that the world is changing, there's greater competition because of globalisation, and the challenge we have in people are going into the profession and not staying in it, we have a massive shortage of leadership, head teachers, and if they're not valued, we're going to carry on and it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Because why would you be a head teacher if you're going to do a 70-hour week, 80-hour week, and you're getting older when you, you lose that on the opportunity to maybe enjoy your children, you know, grandchildren, things like that. So we, I think it's important to be empathetic, to respect and value them, and signpost them to um, support. Because there's more and more people I'm coming across who've had mental health problems in all walks of life. Jackie, we have to end it there. Thank you. It's Jackie Burnett. And uh, the other voice you heard was Dr Simon Gibbons. Well, what do you think? I know JVS is carrying this conversation over uh, from nine o'clock, but, but, but what do you think? Do you feel sorry for teachers? Do you, as, as Jackie says, do you empathise with them? I work seven days a week. Now, I'm not in any way saying my job is in any way as stressful or as, as long-houred as, um, as teachers. I would never make that comparison. What I do is, is in the great scheme of things, in the great scheme of things, is, is, it's not building walls or digging ditches or teaching children. Do you know what I'm saying? But uh, I, have, have, I made the choice to take a career where work was sporadic. And when work comes, I kind of have to take it, even if that means working seven days a week, because next year I might not get any work at all. 
that's kind of the way it is. And I suppose if you know what teaching is going to be like, if, it's, if, if as Simon is saying, he explains it to young... Sorry, Kath, am I boring you? No, it's fine. Just a big, big old yawn you were trying to Being hide. Being up early, what, what do you want me to tell you? <laughs> had a lot of sleep this weekend though haven't you yeah I needed it <laughs> but if, if it is explained to trainee teachers just how busy and how intense it's going to be I don't know teachers they're probably not valued in this country as, as much as maybe they should be they are responsible for our kids education and futures to a certain extent 08459 555 555 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Between the Stoke Hammond roundabout and the Drayton Parslow roundabout, the A4146 northbound has one lane closed after an accident, looking slow on the sensors around the area there. Also in Luton at the Kidneywood roundabout, all of the approaches looking congested to join the M1. And in Stevenage, Hitchin Road, very heavy as you approach the A1M. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. And on public transport, London Midlands have buses replacing trains between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey for emergency engineering. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past eight. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, the Highways Agency says removing the hard shoulder from the M25 in Hertfordshire will improve the flow of traffic. From this morning, it has four permanent lanes and no hard shoulder. The deadline set by Ukraine has passed for pro-Russian militia to leave police stations in the east of the country. The army could now be used to take back control of the buildings. And a fire alarm system at a block of high-rise flats in Luton is still causing problems for the fire service. Fire crews have been called to Ackworth Court in Hockwell Ring up to five times a day because of malfunctioning detectors. The weather will be dry today with long spells of sunshine. Top temperatures around 15 degrees Celsius. That's 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Luton Town Manager John Still says he'll look at what went wrong after the Hatters failed to win the conference title. They lost 3-2 at home to Braintree, needing the win to guarantee promotion. This would have been fantastic, absolutely. And maybe everyone's got caught up in that. I didn't, but maybe people did. But when people haven't done their job or when people haven't been responsible in their position, you know, I look at myself then because have I done enough work with them? That I believe I have, but I've got to look at myself and think, well, you know, I need to go back and have a look at that. And Luton will be crowned conference champions if Cambridge United lose at Kidderminster tomorrow night. Premier League leaders Liverpool beat Man City 3-2 at Anfield. Liverpool are two points clear of Chelsea and seven ahead of Man City. But manager Brendan Rodgers isn't making any predictions about lifting the league trophy. And the thinking is to, to enjoy this victory because it was a, an excellent performance. We get a tough game at Norwich next week. Norwich uh, lost yesterday, but they, they played very well. So, um, so we know that we have to regain our focus very quickly. As I said, we'll just get ready next week, work very hard on the training field, and we know we've got a tough game next week. 
Hull City are through to the FA Cup final for the first time after beating Sheffield United 5-3. In golf, Bubba Watson has won the US Masters for the second time in three years. He shot a final round of 69 to finish 8-under. Woburn's Ian Poulter ended on two over par. This golf tournament for me is uh, one and lost on par fives and I've lost it this week on the fives. It's simple. Uh, I've played them today level par. I haven't yet sat down to work out, you know, what the the guys up front, Spieth and Bubba have played him this week. But, you know, I would think they're probably 10 shots better than me on the fives this week. So I knew that coming in. I have to play him really well. And I didn't get it done. Mo Farah says he will run more marathon races despite finishing eighth in London on his first attempt at the distance. And Red Bull's Daniel Ricciardo could have his second place at the season's opening Australian Grand Prix reinstated today. That's if an appeal finds in his favour. Race stewards found the team guilty of a fuel irregularity. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at nine o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey up, Just. Hey, boss, you all right? Yeah, I'm good, fellow. Whereabouts are you? I'm at South Mim Services in Hertfordshire, ah. and the sun is shining. OK, now listen, right, If you, what I want, truckers, drivers, uh, ne'er-do-wells, if you see Justin Dealey uh, for the next 25 minutes or so, uh, honk him. <laughs> don't give him fingers. We don't no. like fingers. Happened last week in Burkham. And wasn't that rude? I know. Do you know what? Burkham said as well, being such a, a posh, beautiful place, yes. it was the, the last place I would have expected for a van to be pulling up. I next love to me. this Windows town. coming down, fingers coming out. It was horrible. It's horrible. A, that, that's, that's bullying, and we don't it condone was, that yeah. here at the BBC, despite what you may have read in some of the newspapers. <laughs> uh, but if you see Justin, uh, do beep him. It's J-Watch. We're going to yeah. launch it properly next week when I come back. Brilliant. It's J-Watch. And we're going to make sure, Justin, that you, that you really are earning your extortionate fee that you get for this show. Yeah, so I get uh, get paid very handsomely, of course. <laughs> yes, we all yes, do. We're, yes. we're all literally yes. going home and uh, wiping our bottoms with £50 notes. <laughs> yes. uh, you're you're uh, on the M25. W- what's going on? What's happening? Well, you've been talking about this this morning because yes. uh, from today on the M25 between junctions 23 and 25, there is no hard shoulder. Uh, the Highways Agency uh, have put this into place to, to try and keep traffic moving in the mornings, particularly at peak. Uh, times. A lot of people have said, well, it could be dangerous because no hard shoulder. What happens if you break down? Um, This morning, Ian, I've got to say it's working, but then again, the weather's great, it's half term, and there's been no accidents. So, obviously, those things come into play. So, I've been talking to motorists about this, whether they think having no hard shoulder here is a good idea. Here's what they had to say. Well, Steve, you're using the M25, what, every day? Yes, every day. Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> what, what do you think about this idea of, of no hard shoulder between junctions 23 and 25? Is that going to work? Well, no, because if there's an accident or a breakdown, the traffic is going to be absolute chaos on them four lanes. It's mean, demonstrated re- already on the four lane parts when there's an accident or there's a car broken down, we've all got to move over. People don't, they go down the out down the lane that's closed and then try and push into it the whole place is jams up I mean they have got refuge areas every mile or two miles do you think they might help well that's handy isn't it so now you know where you've got to break down from now on then <laughs> so if you run I out of petrol you've got a free wheel down half a mile to the next rescue bay it's not going to happen is it now morning sir you think this is a fantastic idea tell me why I think it's uh, a flexible uh, way of keeping the traffic moving what about if a car breaks down though then we've got a problem Unless they've got uh, make spaces uh, uh, for uh, the broken down traffic, but uh, that's, n- that's not easy. 
Do you think it could cause more accidents? Well, it could do, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah if there's a problem, if there's a problem like that, yes. But then there's a chance of it being any of the lanes. So it's a great idea, unless there's <laughs> somebody unless broken there's something down. Broken down. Well, it's got to be better than nothing. Chris, you're from Hitchin, yeah. using the M25 five days a week, no hard shoulder from today. Is that a good thing? Yes. Tell me why. Uh, it's just congestion, and uh, I've gone the M6 quite a lot, and uh, when that's busy, um, they open the hard shoulder, and it, it makes it a lot easier to do anyway. So, a lot of people are concerned, though. A lot of people are concerned if there is an accident. That. I can understand that. You get um, roadworks, and there's no hard shoulder. So when they break down, you know, the, you know, there's put them, well, I could say, they'll probably get lorries in them to move and something like that. So, yeah. So, so I'm for it. Well, Justin, a lot of interesting uh, opinions. I've got an email from Pete who says, this is a dangerous and stupid idea. They don't Mm. react fast enough on the so-called managed bits of motorway. Last week, driving past Luton, I could see a problem a good four gantries before I got to it. There was a broken-down car on the hard shoulder. Every one of those gantries said congestion, use hard shoulder. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, personally, I don't think this is going to work. Uh, Again, it is working today. The Highways Agency have said to you that they are monitoring this very, very closely as you go on to the M25, just after South Mims, where I am right now. You'll see the signs. It says no hard shoulder for eight miles. And some of these refuge areas, I've seen them this morning, there are people using them. Uh, Whether those people have broken down and managed to get to that refuge area well good for them for for making it but uh, some of those people are saying that if you do break down you've got what maybe a mile or two to get to that refuge area what if you don't make it traffic's going to be stacking up behind you i know when i've been on the motorway i've had two or three blowouts in my time oh, on the motorway God, gosh. <laughs> it wasn't nice at all so ah. i'm on the hard shoulder waiting for breakdown recovery and that for me was quite a terrifying experience and i'm on the hard shoulder with no traffic in that lane yeah if you're broken down, if you've got a blowout, you know full well in these two sections, 23 to 25, you know that lane is a moving lane. You're going to have traffic behind you. That, for me, would be a terrifying experience. I have never had a blowout on really? the M25 or any of the motorways. No. You're a lucky boy, then. Well, uh, Justin, thank you very much for that. Oh, but you, now, listen, you're sitting in for me for the rest of this week, and yeah. uh, Monday, I think, next week as well. Yeah, that's right. The quality is going to go <laughs> I know that the freaks... I'm sorry, I know that the uh, listeners on Facebook will... Some of them will certainly be uh, very excited. Uh, What what, what can you... uh, What what are you going to bring to the party tomorrow, Just? Uh, Excitement. And lots more. (laughs) The weird thing is... The weird thing is... I've got people who absolutely hate me but love you. And and vice versa. That's your your mum, though. She doesn't count, so... My mum's 60 years old this week. I'm working on my mum's birthday. Uh, uh, Happy birthday, Justin's mum. Yeah. The posh one. Yeah, the posh one. She's got a very posh voice, isn't she? Yes, yeah, Justin, have a good week. Speak to you later on. Ta-ta. Right, over to you. Lots to talk about this morning. 08459 455 555. Your concerns or otherwise about this stretch of the motorway, the M25, where they've got rid of the hard shoulder. Does it worry you? Um, it's, it's not, a, you know, they, they don't turn it on and off. There is no hard shoulder between 23 and 25 on the M25. A particularly vicious and nasty piece of road. Driven down it a few times. The traffic there can be horrendous. Is it going to help? 08459 455 555. But I guess, I guess the main thing that's got you talking and fired up today is this story about being proud to be British. 
It's in the Mail, page 11. It's in lots of other papers as well, but it's the the one I've got. Only a third of us take pride in being British. Pride in being British is at an all-time low, with only one-third of people saying they are very proud of their national identity. Well, lots of you have called up to, to say, well, no, hang on a second. I'm really proud. I'm really proud to be British. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand pride in in where you're born. It's just luck. I'm glad that I'm born here. I feel lucky that I've been born here. There are f- you look at some of the countries in the world. Iran, China, France, all of those places that you could have been born. And by a quirk of fate, you're born here. We ain't doing too badly. But I don't get the pride thing. I don't understand the pride thing. What, what, what is there to be proud of? There are some things that I think we should be ashamed of that, that the history has, uh, has uh, shown us. But pride? I don't get it. Ben, are you proud being British? Um, yeah, in a way, sometimes. But yeah. what, 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 why? Why are you proud of, of where your parents, you know, where, where, why are you proud of what country you're in at the moment your mum passed you? Well... <laughs> That's what it is, isn't like it? a movement. Yes. Well, I think you can be proud of what you participating as part of a democracy, as part of a country, uh, are doing. And, and equally, you yep. said you, you're ashamed of some things in our yep. past. How can you be ashamed of something and yet not proud of something? That's, a good, that's, that's why... That's, that's a really good... See, this is some interesting points. We've never got a question like that from Kelly. <laughs> She'd have been going on about the Glasto lineup. still. Um... um I'm okay. I am. That's a really good question. I I think I can answer it. I am ashamed as a human of some of the things we've done, not as a Brit. Okay. Does that answer it? Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that kind of does. Yeah. Uh, And I I guess I feel a slight closer association because it's British. I don't feel responsible for our involvement in slavery. I don't feel responsible for the terrible things we did as part of the Commonwealth. Uh, But as a human being, I can be ashamed of the way we treated other people. And, and by extension, can you be proud of some of the achievements of the human race as well, then, in, in things Stephen like... Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Is he on the someone line? Someone who makes me, proud, <laughs> makes me proud of this country. Why? That's, we have a mind like that amongst us, and he's doing great deeds for not just us, but humanity. And he was educated here. Why are you proud of that? I'm proud of him. As a human being, I'm bit, proud bit patronizing? of him. Is, it not pa- is that not patronising? No. I mean, that's a serious question. No. And these great august institutions, we had the first universities, you know, in this country. You walk around that's those... That's really nice. You walk around those buildings, you think, wow, this is such an achievement. Because that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Pride comes from feeling satisfied or um, pleased with an achievement. Well, pride comes before a fall. Well, we all know that. Doesn't it? We've had a few falls too, come on. Yeah, yeah, we've had a few. 08459 455 555. First thing is, are you proud to be British? If so, why? We've had lots of people, when when Justin went out and and spoke to some people, and people on the phone, oh yeah, I'm really proud to be British. Why? Oh, I don't know. The internet, we invented that as well, and we're already tiny. Well, we didn't know we didn't invent the internet. Tim did. Nope, nope, we didn't invent the internet. Oh. Texties, we, we invented that. Look, look, look at Ben. Ben Ben's Ben's confused. I thought we I thought we did. We didn't invent the internet. What? But but he's but he's got all the credit. How can he get all the he credit? Didn't inv- he didn't he he didn't invent the internet and he's not got the credit for inventing the internet. He did it in the Jubilee Olympics. He, he was in the Olympics. He yeah. didn't invent Who wants to phone up? And uh, correct these two miscreants. <laughs> uh, I've I no idea what that word means. Delicious, though, isn't it? <laughs> Who wants to phone up and tell Ben and Catherine why they're wrong? We, we the Brits, did not invent the internet. 
08459 there, there goes the phones. Don't let them tell you off air. Let them come on air and uh, do it. 08459 555555. While we're waiting for that, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Between the Stoke Hammond roundabout and the Drayton Parslow roundabout, the A4146 northbound has one lane closed after an accident. On the speed sensors at the Park Street roundabout, the north orbital approach heading towards St Albans is heavy. And the M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On public transport, London Midlands have buses replacing trains between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey for emergency engineering. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. I'm Googling furiously who invented the internet to make sure I've got my facts right. I'm pretty sure on this one. It's 8.45, it's Monday the 14th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. From this morning, a stretch of the M25 in Hertfordshire has four lanes and no hard shoulder. Ukraine is threatening to attack pro-Russian forces in the east of the country. And the fire service is still being called out to high-rise flats in Luton because of a faulty alarm system, despite telling us last week the problem would be solved. 08459 455 555. Colin in Dunstable, stay there. We'll get the weather first with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Lots of blue sky, sunshine around for the rest of the day, although a little bit more in the way of cloud than we saw yesterday, bubbling up through the late morning and into the afternoon. Temperatures are rising nicely. Some slightly cooler air than we saw yesterday with a northwesterly breeze. We're looking at highs today of 14 or 15 Celsius across the three counties. That's uh, 59 in Fahrenheit. Really nice day again, but watch out. The sunshine is rather strong. The UV levels are very high today. Overnight tonight, then we'll see a widespread uh, grass frost develop in the rural spots could even see perhaps a touch of ground frost or air frost in places as well lows of perhaps two or three degrees celsius so a chilly start to the day tomorrow but again it's looking fine dry and sunny a little bit less in the way of cloud tomorrow and uh, the good weather set to last all the way up until good friday possibly easter saturday as well that's the forecast thank you elizabeth coming up a dispute with my team they think that we the brits invented the internet but you know it's wrong Every weekday morning. The shop didn't want to give me them back, so I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company and I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely ages to get through to anyone. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. After I left discussion about my cylinders, the, the governing body showed up at my house on the following day. And we could do the same for you. Thanks, Denise. And for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your horn. The JVS Show. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. I got an email from uh, Paul Scoyne. I don't know if you know that guy. My radio... Uh, my radio's broken. It seems to be playing the moral maze on repeat. Oh, and Ben totally owned you just there, mate. 
totally. Ben didn't own me. Ben, ben answered, asked a very intelligent question. Thank you. That's all right. Uh, I thought about it and I thought my response was... Yeah. I thought it was a very intelligent question and only slightly different from the one I posed about an hour before. But we'll let that slide. <laughs> it's completely different. Anyway, yeah, listen, you guys, you, you guys have lost all credibility this morning. You think that we, the Brits, invented the internet? Tim, Tim Berners-Lee. No, was... Colin in Dunstable. Can you set them straight, please? Yes, I can. Thank it you. It was the American army. What? That <laughs> what? In- invented the internet, but Tim Berners-Lee invented the World Wide Web. Which is better. What's the difference? Oh, the... Uh, <laughs> Colin, you're nitpicking now. The, no, we're not picking... Uh, uh, Colin, you carry on, mate. I'll step in if you the, need any help, but I don't think you do. The, um, the internet, um, which was the main um, uh, force behind the World Wide Web... But not as good. Um... Was was no, as you say, not as good. It was just for the army to uh, transfer information uh-huh. uh, between departments, and um, so are there. you telling me like the internet is like a letter, like an intranet, like a lot of businesses have uh, an intranet. Yes. yes. Um, but Tim Berners Lee uh, thought, well, this needs to be rolled open to everyone. So he so d- he, he joined them all up, the World Wide Web, and uh, yeah. hypertext. Yeah, to, to, HTTP. To, to hypertext tele- protocol is um, is the language that they all use. So he yes. he was the one that came up with linking all of them together. It, when was the internet invented, kids? Don't know, but I'm pretty proud of it. About 1992. <laughs> the late 60s. Next. Oh, stop smoking an imaginary cigar. <laughs> it's not. It's a rolled up um, leaflet about from the Guardian. It's Guardian offers. <laughs> I've rolled it up into a cigar. I am actually pretending to smoke it, Colin. Oh dear. Uh, what are you like? What are you like? These kids. These Howard. Did you do you agree with all of that? Sort um, of. Oh, go on. Well, Tim Berners-Lee was the inventor, and uh, another chap called Robert Kalanu. I can't say his surname. That's why we don't talk about him anymore. (laughs) 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 He was from Belgium. Yes, they were the two guys. They were the two guys that invented the WWW. Or Um, some people call it the WW dot. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) They were the two two guys that invented that. Yeah. But I think, I believe, the first computer was actually based at Bletchley Park. That's great. That's not the question. That's great. That's great. But that's not the question. You're referring to Colossus. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Howard, Colin, thank you very much indeed. I thought Ernie was the first computer. Like, to do with... That's the, the, that's that's the, the, <laughs> no, Ernie's the, um... The, um... The pools machine. <laughs> not, not the pools. The, um... I went to the Science Museum the bonds, and they were going... The, the premium bonds. The bonds, that's it. it. And they were saying, this is amazing. And I was going, wow, this is like the first computer. Did, so what did they build at the University of Manchester that took up a room? It wasn't the a premium bonds. The first computer wasn't built to, to work out premium bonds. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be great was, if it was, though. It would be great <laughs> if it was. Now, listen, this really is... Um, the fact that Tim kind of nicked the idea and made it better makes me even prouder. <laughs> That's true British That's initiative. What That's what we do. We nick ideas and we make them better. And then we let other people make them much, much better. Yeah. That's what yep, we yep, do. Yep. Uh, now, listen, this, this is a, a 08459 555. That, all that came from... Thank you very much, gentlemen. All that came from Why Are You Proud To Be British? We've got 10 minutes. We can still take those calls. But, but, uh, earlier on uh, the weekend, uh, while we were watching the marathon, I was put in one of those positions as a parent... You kind of go, oh my goodness gracious me, now there's a question that could only come from the mouth of a child. And well, I love the naivety of, of children's questions, because they, they don't care. 
They ask a question as they see it. We were watching a bit of the marathon. We were watching the leaders. And I would say the first eight, ten um, runners were all black. And my son said, why are all those runners dark? Why are all the fastest runners dark? And I kind of ummed and ahed and I, I, I said, I kind of went on more of a thing about people of different colours and we had that conversation. But I said, I don't know if this was accurate or not, that, that uh, runners from various Afri- African countries, including uh, Ethiopia, Somalia, Kenya, they are often faster than white people in long races. Was that the right answer? I don't know. What would you have said? Well, I'm very pleased to say we've got Professor John Brewer, Director of Sport at the University of Bedfordshire. Good morning, John. Good morning, Ian. What, what, what is the correct answer to that question? When a four-year-old says, well, why are all those uh, the runners uh, dark? Why, why are they faster? What is there? Is there an answer? Well, well you were getting close with okay. your answer. And, and I think... The Few. Key, yes. The key thing in, in athletics, particularly, is that if you want to be at the very top, you do have to choose your parents carefully. Right. Um, ah. You have to have the right genetic makeup, the genetic predisposition to be an elite athlete. And all of the evidence tends to suggest that the African nations, Ethiopia, Kenya, Tanzania in particular, produce uh, endurance athletes with a large proportion of what we call slow-twitch muscle fibres. Ah, Ben Ben mentioned the Mm. slow-twitch earlier on. What does that that mean? Well, if you were to cut a slice through through your leg, and I wouldn't in any way suggest you do that. Who's who's this horrible man we've got on? Yeah, yeah, the muscle muscle itself is is made up of many millions of of small fibres. And those fibres are either what we call fast-twitch fibres, which contract very very quickly and those are the sorts of fibers that many of the caribbean athletes have so usain bolt being the the obvious example whereas the african athletes tend to have a higher proportion of the slow twitch fibers now those slow twitch fibers don't contract quite so quickly so they're not going to run 100 meters in a sub 10 second time but what they do allow you to do is to keep running for a long period of time very quickly without causing fatigue because the key thing as i found out yesterday as well when i ran the marathon is that you do need to avoid fatigue if you're going to get around the course quickly so those slow twitch fibers they're slower to contract but they're also much much slower to fatigue and it seems to be that the african nations do have a genetic predisposition for athletes to have a higher proportion of those slow twitch fibers isn't that interesting because there, there, there was a point uh, a few years ago when, when one would have been criticized for suggesting that there was a genetic difference between yes. black and white people that's right and it's, it's not just genetics of course there is another genetic factor which seems to suggest that the African athletes um, seem to have a much, if you like, a strong but thinner uh, lower leg musculature. So if you look at them, they've got very thin uh, thighs and calf muscles, which are actually still very strong and very efficient. So they allow them to run very efficiently. They allow them to use less oxygen when they're running. Um, But at the same time as well, we've got the the slow and the fast twitch fibres and this greater predisposition for slow twitch fibres. But I think what also then happens... Ian, is that you move from sort of nature to nurture. Yes. And they get exposed to the top-level coaching. There is a culture of endurance running, of high-level endurance running in their society. So that means that more and more athletes are encouraged to do that. So if you look at this country, we've got football 
as part of our culture. So all of our best sports, sports people tend to gravitate initially to football. In the African nations, it's very much a culture around endurance running. So they do that. And of course, the more athletes you get into that sport, the more likely you are to see okay. some of them rising to the very, very top. So it's a bit of nature and it's also a bit of nurture. Going yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm glad that because as I was answering this question yesterday, my white middle class guilt was kicking in going, am I being horribly racist? I don't know what. A... Well, I'm glad you've cleared that up. You, you said you ran the marathon yesterday, John. Did you win? Uh, not quite. No, no, I didn't choose my parents carefully. Yeah, um, that's the I, problem, uh, yes. I was very lucky yesterday. I was asked to, to be on escort duty for uh, for a celebrity. If you watch Holby City or Casualty, I'm sure yes. you'll know uh, Connie Beecham, otherwise oh. known by a real name, which is Amanda Mealing. And oh. I was very privileged and very lucky to, to run around the course yesterday with Amanda Mealing. I did it with Susanna Reid last year, oh. Sophie Rayworth the year before. You're doing all right, John. So I've got a hat-trick of, um, of, of running with very nice ladies, and Amanda knocked uh, 15 to 20 minutes off her personal bed. And we finished middle of the field in just over four and a half hours. Did you not find it frustrating? You go, come on, love, this is really slow. No, I didn't. I was very honoured to be with her. I had to give her a little bit of a G up over the last four miles, but it was a fabulous day. Do do all celebrities get um, someone like you to run with them, or or do they have to request it, or or how does that work? No, not at all. I should say right from the outset, it's totally voluntary. Um, I've got a bit of a sort of... I work a little bit for the London Marathon guys in the build-up to the race. Fantastic. I've become known to a few of them, and I think if they know that they can sort of trust you and you can do the right job for them, what I would add, though, Ian, is I'd never be able to do it for somebody like Mo Farah. I think (laughs) I I know my place i know my physiology and um run with with the likes of amanda is, is very good and it was very a very privileged day to have with her on, on the, the course yesterday mo so farah came eighth should we read mm. too much into that or is was this kind of like last year a bit of a, a, a training ground for him or, or should we have expected him to do better i think mo is probably aware of just what a tough challenge at the highest level the marathon actually is i think um you know fantastic athlete absolutely one of the best if not the best that we've ever produced to have british records from 1500 up to 10,000 is is unique um i think to move from 10,000 to uh, a marathon is a huge leap to take you know you're going from six miles to 26.2 miles um and Great credit to him for coming eighth, but those guys who are winning the London Marathon are seasoned elite marathon runners, and I underline, underline the word marathon there. It's a big leap to take. I suspect we might see uh, over the next few weeks Mo having a little bit of a rain check and say, hang on a minute, perhaps I'm better off sticking at 10K, 5K, and not pushing myself to, to that event where I'm not necessarily going to be the very best. John, I really appreciate you coming on at short notice, and I appreciate you clearing up that question. Excellent stuff. Thank you. That's Professor John Brewer, Director of Sport at the University of Bedfordshire. I'm glad he managed to sort that out. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise slow going between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On the speed sensors in Harpenden, the high street looking very heavy in both directions at the station road. Also between Stoke Hammond roundabout and the Drayton Parslow roundabout, the A4146 northbound has one lane closed after an accident. Public transport all looking good. We've got no reported problems there. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Well, looks like we made it once again. That's it. That's your lot. Uh, th- lots of phone calls this morning. I do enjoy it when we get lots of phone calls. Thank you very much. I'm off for the rest of the week. Don't worry, Justin Dealey will be sitting in doing a cracking job, as he always does. JVS is up next. Until tomorrow, from Justin. Ta-ta. 
local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you feel sorry for today's teachers? The Association of Teachers and Lecturers says teachers are overworked, 